Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome Today's a little bit of an oddball episode. I entitled this The War on Health because this conversation with my friend Fred seemed to come back around to this concept over and over again. The starting point of the conversation is how I've been complaining about how crazy it is in this business lately. Meaning busy. Meaning good. It's a good problem in business. But it's so wild that there's so many people just right now flocking to the alternative health world running away from the mainstream medical world. And of course, this is the same time when social media platforms and search engines and all this stuff are cracking down extra hard on health information. I really don't want to think that it's a deliberate conspiracy, that they really genuinely want us sick. I like to think that it's just ignorance mixed with hubris that causes doctors to not see the truth and whatever, but... It's hard for me to believe that at this point, especially during the pandemic, but now with YouTube fully coming out and saying basically we're going to punish and delete anything that does not agree with mainstream medicine, and although other platforms haven't come out and said it like that, they most definitely do the same thing. So we do cover a bunch of topics today, but it does circle around this theme, the war on health. And quickly before we get to that want to say a big thank you to all the patrons that we have now. We've got just under 30 patrons, and honestly, I can't say how much this means. We've had a strong support base online, but you guys have seen me talk about how difficult it's been to really get any money out of all this effort when we're punished by every social media platform, including podcast. If you didn't know, if you're new here, we had this podcast taken down earlier this year, 2023. It's back up now, same name, but starting from scratch with the following, many episodes were deleted permanently, and there's no money here, there's no ad revenue at all on any platform, we're totally demonetized, and it's not all about the money, but part of this podcast here, I'm talking about how crazy it is to be so busy, busy doing what? Helping people with their health, and we do get paid for that, we make commissions on supplement sales, and I sell books too as well. 
But being so busy helping people doesn't leave much time left for content making. Meanwhile, I think this is the real value. I know, of course, it's valuable to change someone's life with a proper nutrition protocol. But for getting the message out in the masses, we need to make content like this. And it's just very difficult to squeeze it into the evenings and weekends. And everyone who helps with this podcast does it completely for free. So we've got the patrons up to about 100 bucks a month now. And that sounds like nothing. But it's everything to me. And I appreciate it. And of course, if you want to support this podcast... The Patreon link is in the description, patreon.com slash therealnotus. And there you'll see the podcast episodes released one week early. When it's available, you'll see the video version there on Patreon only. And this episode here, actually, the video is already on Patreon. It's mostly just me and Fred talking on webcam, but there's some visuals as well. And there is a little bit of exclusive content on Patreon, especially the weekly Zoom meetings that we do where we dive quite deep into specific nutritional stuff. So you can see that on patreon.com slash therealnotus. And you can see all the books that I've written and the free audiobook versions of those books and hundreds of book reviews. Most of them are about health. And all of my channel links, you can see all of this stuff on my website, notusbooks.org. Once again, everything I do, including my books, notusbooks.org. And although there is a war on health, on the internet, and there's definitely a war on free speech that goes exactly in line with this, especially in America, Canada, UK, Australia, EU, all these places that call themselves modern and industrialized. This is where free speech has taken the biggest hit. You have absolutely no free speech in America and Canada and these other countries, at least as it pertains to health. I could go to jail for saying that I'm going to treat you with something practicing medicine without a license, even if I'm using vitamins and minerals. And I do go into this concept a lot deeper in my book, Fake Diseases, by the way. But this is a big deal. If you pay me for my health advice, they could take my house in Canada, which is why I don't accept money for protocols. And that's what I basically do for a living. I give health protocols. And I kind of have to do that for free, because if I take your money, I'm now put into a legal situation with you that I don't want to be in. I'll accept tips, of course, but we do it for free. And if you want to reach out to me for a health protocol, feel free. Again, all of my accounts are on notusbooks.org. You can reach out on Instagram or email, preferably, these days to do protocols. You get the food advice, supplement advice, and ongoing guidance all for free. And I'm saying that we have to be very careful how we speak online. I do have people watching my accounts and... I often tread a little too close to what I can legally say, and I'll have someone reach out to me and say, hey, be careful, or hey, maybe you want to take this specific post down, stuff like that. But you know where this problem does not exist? Mexico. A lot of people think of Mexico as dangerous and backwards, yet that's where the alternative health business has been blossoming for many decades, especially in the border towns and Cancun. Every other building is an alternative dentist or a cancer clinic, and they're actually allowed to treat cancer there, using almost any means necessary. Mexico has become famous for medical tourism, they call it. They cater almost exclusively to Americans, Canadians, Europeans, and etc. And I'm bringing this up to tell you about my good friends down at the American Biodental Clinic. The first time I went down there many years ago when I was fresh in this business to give a lecture, 
I was amazed because I was watching my words as I normally do, and they said, My friend, you can speak freely here. As they say, you can speak the truth. It's an amazing concept, free speech. And I should have been promoting them years ago, quite honestly. I was so focused on nutrition in the early years that I just didn't put much attention into learning about all of the other things that can optimize our health or turn our health around. And in the last few years, I've really been learning a lot more about root canals, the problems with root canals, dental fillings, amalgams, mercury. We did an episode here a while ago, a few months ago, mercury fillings. You should check that episode out. And I've been talking with people. I know dentists. I have friends in this business who are also dentists. And I've had people reach out to me to talk about this. And in America and Canada, a lot of these dentists, almost all of them, are actually even afraid to talk on the phone about this. They're nervous that something's being recorded or that someone's listening. They're scared to lose their license and maybe worse. But science has known for at least 100 years that root canals are one of the most toxic possible things because anaerobic bacteria gets trapped behind the dead tooth there and can go back into the bloodstream. We've also known that mercury leaks from fillings. It's not harmless. The American Dental Association seems to think that the only safe place to store mercury is in your mouth. It's pretty insane when you think about it. And I've come more and more to the conclusion that this is a huge problem in society. So I've got to start talking about this more. And that's one of the reasons that I went back down to Tijuana to the American Biodental Clinic to talk with them, learn more about what they do, get the prices in my head and all this stuff, and get an affiliate deal going so that I can recommend them and get something for it myself as well. So, American Biodental. It's five minutes over the border from San Diego, California, into Tijuana. It's located inside of a nice hotel, and there's other alternative health businesses in the hotel as well. You wouldn't even know you're in Mexico. Top quality equipment, top quality physicians and dentists. I know their heart's in the right place, the owner's. I know that their techniques are in the right place, completely up-to-date, state-of-the-art. And since I went there last, they've upgraded a lot. They've got a lot of new equipment. They've got a full, big hyperbaric chamber that you can sit in. It's not one of those little coffin ones. They offer a lot of different IVs from stem cells to vitamin C and all kinds of other IV services. They've got a lot of great stuff there. They've got chiropractors in-house, acupuncture, red light therapy. And we are attempting to incorporate our more thorough nutritional protocols in there as well. Understand that a lot of people come in for a treatment, they're just looking to get something done and leave. But we do want to offer them the lifestyle option, telling them how to be healthy as a lifestyle, not wait until something breaks and go and get treatment, whether it's alternative or not. Avoid cavities, avoid root canals. And anyways, they've got lots of great services. You can check them out on AmericanBioDental.com. Links in the description as well. And that's for their dental services, removing fillings, replacing them with non-metal, non-bioactive fillings. And they can reverse root canals too and do all kinds of dental work. And even just a cleaning is a great deal there. They don't have to deal with all the bureaucracy. So they can do a cleaning for 35 bucks. They can do all this work for a fraction of the price that you can get in America, if you can even get it in America. And honestly... I don't know any dentists that I trust to do this in America or Canada. So it's worth it to go down, let people do it who specialize in this at a fraction of the cost. And they pick you up, by the way, in California. They handle the transportation so that you don't have to get 
insurance for Mexico or you don't have to drive there. It's crazy in Tijuana a little bit on the roads if you've never driven there before. So you don't have to worry about any of that. They pick you up as far as the San Diego airport. Complimentary, that's free. Take you into Tijuana. Drop you off when you're finished. Excellent service. And if you tell them that not us referred you, not us referred you, you get $50 off if you spend at least $400, which is about the price of a filling removal, by the way. So if you just go in for a cleaning, you can't use the code. But if you're going in to get real work done, tell them not us sent you, get 50 bucks off, and I'll get a credit for that as well. And honestly, I don't think I'm going to take cash for now. I think I'm going to take credit to help some of my people, some of my friends and family get their fillings removed and their root canals reversed. You can also see the other stuff that they offer on holisticcare.com. They're going to merge these websites, they tell me, but the holisticcare.com has their IV services and and the other stuff that they do. And americanbiodental.com has the dental services. And that's enough plugging for now. Let's jump into the podcast. Fred, thank you so much for being here today, man. It's a pleasure, man. I'm, this is my first podcast ever, my first Zoom with someone I respect so much. So I appreciate you for having me on here, man, for real. For sure. And let's introduce you by saying that you reached out several months ago saying, hey, Ryan, you know, I'm interested in knowing more about how you guys do what you do. How could I do what you do? And then a few months later, you came and said, man, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. Which is something I don't blame you for. This is a this is an intense business, man. It, it can be really, really tough. But then you came back more recently and said, you know what? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. So it looks like you've got some conflicting ideas here, and then maybe we can sort them out. But uh, before you speak, let me just say that, yeah, I've never told anybody this is an easy business. Never. And unfortunately... Even though it is difficult, it can be mentally difficult, it can be physically difficult, it can require a lot of study and all this stuff. And dealing with people in general has its own challenges and dealing with sick people and stressed people has extra challenges. Ask any nurse or doctor or anyone who has to deal with people like this. Very, very challenging. But unfortunately, it's incredibly necessary what we do. And you're a young guy. I started this when I was a young guy as well. Right now, we've got some people, some distributors, guys and girls who are like 17, 18, 19 years old. And to me, it's crazy that we are the ones that have to do this. You know, I'm basically a nobody in my mind still. I know a lot of people look up to me and stuff, but I come from basically nothing. I spent a lot of my life homeless as as a hobo traveling around. I was a degenerate, basically, and I still think sometimes these days, like, I can't believe someone like me has to come in and make up for the failures of the medical system. It's it's astonishing. Yeah, man. Um, you, all right, so you say I can't believe a nobody like you. Well, why, like, what do you say that? Like, I know that you said that you come from nothing, all this, but, like, what's a somebody then, in your opinion? Like, what's a somebody? Well, somebody who trained for this, somebody who went to school for this, you know, a nutritionist, a nurse, a chiropractor, there's a lot Doctor. of people, yeah, who are, are way more qualified to start with, and they chose, they chose this business. 
this business chose me. I didn't choose this business. It was weird. You know, so that's why I say like, yeah, someone like me, the guy who trained me was a bus driver, right? He, he didn't choose this. He had arthritis and he had to figure out a way to fix it. He fixed it with Dr. Wallach's program. And then you got sucked into this business like many of us do, because yeah. when you fix yourself, people ask, how did you do it? And once you know this stuff, it becomes a moral obligation. You know, I fixed my problem. I, I have to tell the next person. I see them. They're in pain. They're coming over for our house. They just want to hang out with us. Man, I have to tell you this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I find myself, um, ever since I've been hip on this, I've been, uh, I've just been talking about everybody. I've had various jobs since I've been on this, but I have a knack for getting close with people real fast. So, like, whatever job I'll be at, or I'll be at a gas station, or I'll just be, you know, just out, like. And I was like, yeah, man, 90 essential vitamins and minerals. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just bring up the conversation. And chances are that they'll know, like, something about it and they won't have trust in the government or, like, the healthcare system. So it's, like, kind of easy to talk to a lot of people now. I'm not sure how it was whenever you started, but, like, talking to people about this stuff now, well, I should say younger people, like, within a certain age, it's, like, very easy to talk to them compared to, like, I don't know if it was harder to talk to people back then or not, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but it's real easy to bring up the conversation now to people. Yeah, I think the pandemic knocked out a lot of people's trust. So I just typed in this into Google and it brought me to the Pew Research Organization, PEW. They collect statistics on a bunch of stuff. I typed in trust in government rates. So the trust in the government was highest in the Johnson era in 1964, when apparently 77% of people trusted the government. Then it went way down through the Nixon, through the Ford, through the Carter administration, kind of surprising. Went back up a little bit with Reagan, dipped a little bit with Bush Sr. and then back up with Bush Sr. But even now we're only at 45%, 46%. Went way down with Clinton to 17%. My goodness. Dang. Back up just after 7, uh, 9-11 here to 55% with Bush Jr. After 9-11? Yeah, I mean, everyone was uh, on board with stuff. the government. Okay, the government's going to take control of this and all this stuff. Okay, oh, we got attacked. Maybe we do need the government, I guess. I don't know. But then that was in 2001. And then it just goes down from there. Obama down, we're at 21%. Peak here in the Obama years at 26%. It's still going down, down, down through Trump. Up, now, up, up. Here's another one. Interesting. Up a little bit in the 2020. You know, okay, the government's taking control, I guess. I don't know. But now, the stimulus is. Yeah, stimulus is. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why they try. <laughs> Right now, it's at an all-time low since these records have been taken since 1958. Trust in the government in America right now, Pew Research, is saying it is at 16% in 2023. It should be lower. It should be lower, I do. It should should be at 0%. Why do you think that that's happening? Like, you think it's just people are just waking up more and more to, like, government bullshit, stuff like that? Yeah, and... I mean, we see a lot of people in the health business who I've, I've been saying this a lot lately because it took a while. There was a lag there. It's not like we got a flood of customers in 2020. That didn't happen. It didn't start happening until last year, 2022. And then this year, we've got lots of people 
who are completely brand new to this. They never thought about any of this stuff before. And I, I blame the pandemic itself for this and the orchestrators of it because they forced us all to talk about health for three years straight. And a lot of these people never, ever did before. They never heard about health. Or they did. A lot of my buddies and stuff, they don't even know what a vitamin is, right? But yeah. for three years, this was in everyone's face. And yeah, even if they're saying disinformation, right, on the news, they're saying, oh, people are saying that vitamin B and zinc are good for you if you have uh, the, a virus. But that's misinformation. Well, the problem is they brought, they brought it to your attention, though, thing, right? All publicity is good publicity. So yeah. even though they're denouncing it on the news, people literally never thought before that vitamin D and zinc could be good for their immune system. They, they forced this into our attention. So we get a lot of people now that are like, hey, I got the thing, right? And I, I regret it. I got the thing. I got a booster. I regret it. And it doesn't even have to be that something bad happened to them. It's just that's what they're telling us now. They're coming to us for the very first time to the alternative health world. They landed at our door and they're telling me that they got the thing and they regretted it. That tells me that they trusted the government when they got the thing. Some people say they were pressured and they didn't want to lose their job and whatnot. But a lot of them genuinely sound like they they believed it. They believed that that was the right thing to do. So therefore, they didn't know anything about health, you know, and somehow they've woken up from that in the last couple of years. A flood of new people. We were in the DMs talking before, and you were like, I forgot how you put it, but it was some, it was like the, uh, it was a revolution, pretty much. You were like, the medical something revolution. I forgot the exact words, but do you think that a revolution is happening? You know? I have been saying that I think they overplayed their hand big time. You know, even people who were trusting the government a couple of years ago, nobody wants to be dominated. Nobody yeah. wants to be dominated. And nobody wants free speech taken away and all this stuff. I, I know that's what we see in the news. You see the, you know, the radical left in the news and in politics and stuff. But average people don't want that much government interference in their life, especially in America. Canada may be slightly different, but in general, I get the exact same sentiment. And... By the way, it's interesting here that there's a racial difference, too. I'm looking at this from the Pew Research as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it, yeah. So white people have the least trust in government. <laughs> uh, not That hasn't always been true. In the past, black people had the lowest trust in government. Back in the forward years, black people were at an all-time low at 19%. Oh, no, actually, sorry. The all-time low was during Trump at 9%. But, yeah, the white people have overtaken that. And even lower than the Black Panthers, like movements and stuff that like that's it was even lower than than during that time. Yeah, when was the Black Panthers? 70s, 60s, 70s? Yeah, 60s and yeah, 60s. 60s yeah, 70s. So it, it was crashing down during that time for both white and black. And I think they only added uh Hispanic in here in the in the nineties, and they go up and down a little bit. But yeah, right now, Asian. Black and Hispanic, they all trust the government more than white people, but it's still very low. It's abysmal. Black is 21%. And these these are just, you know, statistic numbers. This, this can't possibly account for everyone's opinion, but yeah. the, the samples that they're getting, Asians are only at 23%. Very surprising. Uh, Hispanic, I can't, it looks the same, 23%. And yeah, white's down at 13%. And that might be because they're alienating white people more than ever. And who the heck wants that? 
Who, who wants to be told that, that you're a monster or that you're, you know, a bad person for who you are? I thought that was racist. Yeah, it is. It is, man. I see it all the time. Uh, you know, I say, you know, I only, I only believe in the human race, but you know, like I see white people like apologizing and stuff. I had this one dude. He came up to me. He was drunk. I was at a party. He was white. It was a few years ago, and he was like going up to all like my friends. You know, they were black. He was like, "I'm sorry, bro," and he just he kept randomly saying, "I'm sorry." They were like, "What is this dude talking about?" And uh, he came up to me, he's like, I'm sorry. And he just kept following me. He was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, what is this dude? You know, but thinking back on it, I'm thinking, man, is he, is he sorry about, like, racism or something? Like, his ancestors or something? You know, I'm like, I'm thinking, like, man, there's no need to really feel sorry for that because that's something that happened. I understand the, uh, I feel like we got to move past it, man. Like, I don't like us. First off, I don't like like the separation, like the black versus white versus Hispanic versus Asian. All this races, like like races, really messes up a lot of crap. It, it separates us into groups and stuff like that. I don't, I don't like that. I just, I'm human, you're human, and that's all that I really see. So, yeah, man, it's it's bull crap though. People, white people, are definitely going through something right now. It looks like other. The other races are feeling the same way because all of them have dropped, especially from last year to this year and from 2021 to this year, just in the last two years, just plummeting down here. And I think everybody's fed up with all this stuff. And so, yeah, but back to health. I mean, th this was a health issue. Primarily, it started this whole thing. And yeah, I think a lot of people see that they got completely scammed. You know, we can see now lots of other data coming out. It's finally coming out that... Uh, Masks aren't good and they didn't absolutely nothing to protect, to protect you from a virus. They never did. I and mean, this information was coming out during the pandemic too, but it was heavily, heavily censored. But now everybody's had a chance to kind of sift through it and see all the different memes and the different articles and stuff that have said what's always been said. That's why it says on these paper masks on the, on the package, it says this is not intended to be used. As a protection against the virus it's, it's meant to stop water droplets from coming out when you're doing surgery and stuff like that like it's yeah. it's, it's not a protective measure for something that's microscopic that could easily get through it and you know while we're on the subject just mention i guess a lot of people figured this out too that you're not supposed to breathe your your exhalation it's a waste product i call it air poop right yeah it, 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 it's supposed to come out you're not supposed to breathe it back in I guess a lot of people got respiratory problems. A lot of people had rashes around the, their face and all this stuff. And and then people look back and they say, well, who told us to do this? Oh, the government told us to do this. They told us it would protect us. Oh, the government told us that we want to be on ventilators and stuff and, and that their drugs were the best. They Why didn't they tell us about ivermectin? You know, why, didn't, why didn't they tell us about some of these other um, hydrochloroquine and, and these other well-known things like they were... They've been well known for a long time. These drugs have been used for a long time. We're not pro-drug, but I'm just saying that if you look at, hey, there was a generic drug that could have helped a lot of people and the government never told us that. In fact, they told us that that was dangerous, but then they put you into basically a coma to, to put you on a ventilator. And even people in the hospitals and articles were coming out saying that sometimes around 80% of people who were on a ventilator were dying. These are hor horrific, catastrophic statistics. Yeah, and yeah, they killed my grandpa by this too. By the way, um, he didn't he didn't have COVID. I didn't know that. Rest yeah. in peace, man. Yeah, man, he he didn't have COVID. 
Uh, he was a little bit sick. His wife had just died a couple years earlier. He was kind of kind of a little bit lost and a little bit confused and he wasn't feeling good. He went into the hospital. And of course they gave him they gave him the shots and they put him on a ventilator. We don't know the whole story, but just somehow they put him on a ventilator and boom, he's dead that night. And it's not the it's not just the ventilator. Again, it's the the coma that they have to put you in, basically. They have to kind of artificially induce a coma. And we can we can jump from this topic, but we might as well flesh this out just a little bit while we're here. Oh yeah. One of the drugs that they give you, they give you a little cocktail of drugs to get you into this coma so that you accept the, the tube, basically. One of them is fentanyl. And I think everybody knows at this point, it's completely clear that there's a fentanyl epidemic out there. It's yeah. uh, in my town. I live in a tiny little mining town. Fentanyl seems to be the leading cause of death in town, right? From people using their street drugs or cocaine and their speed and stuff that's laced or mixed with fentanyl. And yeah, people are dying left and right. We've had friends yeah. die from it. Obviously, anybody in the major cities knows now there's like a zombie apocalypse going on with fentanyl. Yeah, man. But this is uh, what they gave you for for a, a virus that has almost no chance of killing you unless you already have multiple health problems, in which case pneumonia would have killed you anyways. You know, on a regular year, they would have called it pneumonia. On a regular year, they would have called it the flu, which does kill hundreds of thousands of people a year, except in 2020. So they're trying to... Do you believe they're trying to kill people? Well, I believe they're trying to make money and control information. And on the hardcore conspiracy line, I don't think they're doing any good for us. I don't think they want to do any good for us. You know, do they actually want to wipe us out? I did a... uh, a podcast with a with a mason a 33 degree freemason a while ago several months ago before the podcast got taken down uh, and it became a very popular episode and i asked him in that you know do they want to kill everyone and basically he said no they need, they need workers still right they, they don't want us dead they, they just want us yeah. half dead they, they want us dumb they want us blind they still they don't want us healthy for sure they don't want us healthy and I don't think it's just about money because they basically invent money in the first place, right? These the elite group. Sorry if this is too deep end for some listeners here, but hey, the elite group can print as much money as they want. They can just make it up. You know, they run the government. They could they could just siphon off billions and trillions of dollars as they already do. You know, they lose a trillion here, one point five trillion there. You know, seven hundred billion there. They send billions to ukraine which is basically just sending it to their own companies that are running the, the show over there so that it's not like it's just about money but they definitely don't want us to have the power for our own health and our own finances and part of that is by stealing all of our money for these various things and yeah funneling money into their pharmaceutical companies and i say they're like it's just one little club that has them all but it's kind of a big club it's just we're not in it most of us are not in it and yeah, they, they don't want us to have this stuff. We're, if you control your health and your wealth, you have the power. If you know what type of world this is, if you're connected with God, if you have a strong family, if you have a strong relationship, you know, you you are empowered. But if the family is, is torn apart and we're, we're pulled away from, from purpose in life and we're, we're pulled away from information, then we're basically helpless. And yeah, wrap this up. I think a lot of people ended up in the pandemic feeling incredibly helpless and incredibly frustrated. And when they learned all of the stuff that was withheld from us during the pandemic, I think people lost most of their trust in the government. 
I agree, bro. And uh, you think we'll move on from like governments eventually? Or what's it going to take for us to do so? Well, I would. I wrote a book about this, by the way. Everything the government does is bad for us. Yeah, I have, I have that book, actually. I didn't finish it, but I have it. I started reading the beginning. But I like to, um, it's hard, man. It'd be hard to read. I'm not going to lie. It'd be hard to read. I'd rather talk to someone and have them speak to me because I just retain information way better that way. Um, well, I love the topic. And I think we need to separate the conversation, right? You, you got a lot of people out there saying just abolish the government completely. Well, we're, we're in a system right now where there would be an absolute mess if you, if you did that. There's a lot of people dependent on government programs and all this stuff. You can't just take away the police right now, as as we have seen. All of the cities that, you know, defunded the police are in chaos right now, or they had to completely backtrack and actually increase spending to get a hold of the situation because it, you, it's, it's what's sort of keeping things together right now. I believe we should be empowered to protect ourselves and stuff like that. There's, I think, four towns in America that have mandatory gun ownership for each homeowner. And in those towns, yeah, I know they're small towns and it's hard to compare to Philadelphia or Seattle, but... Those towns have almost no violent crimes and property crimes because you know, you know, if you mess with someone, they are carried. They can protect themselves. The law allows them protect to protect themselves. Here in Texas, we had a problem in our last our last place. There was a naked guy running around, okay? and he, he was freaking out my wife. And uh, when the cops came to talk to us and talk to other people, I asked them, you know, what if this guy comes at us? Are we allowed to shoot him? And they said. Of course, if he's a threat to you, of course, it's like, it's no big deal. You know, they, they, they didn't get, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you got to call the cops first and wait 20 minutes before something has already happened. You know, after something has already happened for them to show up, they said, no, of course you can shoot him if he's a threat. So there's the federal government, there's state government, there's local governments. I live in a small town. We make small town decisions. We pay taxes. Mostly, most of it goes to our town. It pays for the streetlights. It pays for our water reservoir. The town gets together and we talk about what roads are going to be fixed each year. The town doesn't go to war, right? The town doesn't take billions of our dollars and give it to Ukraine or any, anywhere else. They have no foreign aid. Our town does not have any foreign aid at all. We have a few little community events. We've got a few community buildings, the recreation center and stuff. It's just, it's not a lot of stuff and it's, it's not the stuff that we have a problem with in the society or that people like me have a problem with. War, right? Black ops projects, fake pandemics that were orchestrated by, you know, these, these black ops people. And yes, I would say the pandemic was completely fake. It wasn't the thing grown in the lab. It was a, it was a media hoax. Wagthedogtheory.com, if anybody doesn't know, I made those documentaries partially because I was so upset that a fake pandemic was created from fake footage of Chinese people dropping dead in the streets. And that's the type of stuff that the federal government does. State governments are also involved in a heck of a lot of nonsense. I'm from Ontario, Canada. Oh boy, I don't like the Ontario government. But on the local level, I do think that even in an anarchist type of situation, we would need to get together and have some sort of what resembles a, a town, uh, city hall, something like that, a little town government. Maybe it's a private company and they're held accountable to what they do and they can be fired. That's a problem with federal employees, especially. You can't fire them. <laughs> you know, they can be rampantly, wretchedly incompetent and you can't fire them. 
Uh, same with, you know, even like doctors in, in Canada, it's, it's largely a federal and provincial government thing, the healthcare system, which is a massive, yeah. massive, massive scam. It's just not something that towns do. And I do think that we could get by without the federal government for sure. Many a pundit has already commented that whenever they do a government shutdown, literally nothing changes at all. Nothing changes at all. If all the federal government agencies were dissolved right now, literally nothing would change at all. Nothing would happen at all. You'd have a bunch of federal employees who don't have a job anymore, and that's it. And honestly, we'd get a better deal just to pay them to stay home and stop messing around. Pay all the soldiers to come home and stop being in these other countries and stuff like that. Like, I don't even care. Let, let them keep their paycheck until they die. Let's just run this, run this out. Maybe put them to useful work. You know, America has a lot of crappy bridges and stuff that needs fixing. Why are we yeah. spending billions and billions of dollars elsewhere? We're straying a little bit far from health here, but the government is the main reason we're unhealthy. The government supports all the junk foods. They, they subsidize all the junk foods. The junk food industry would not be as cheap as it is, especially in America, if the government did not subsidize sugar and corn and uh, peanuts and beer. They subsidize yeah. beer. The government subsidized beer. In Canada, they control the alcohol industry. They control the, the gambling industry, tobacco. Now they control the marijuana industry as well. These are all rackets. And yeah, government goes on strike and literally nothing changes. Truckers go on strike, big deal. Plumbers go on strike, we're screwed, right? We make th this world go round. We run the country, frankly. I'm talking about regular people, the people who work in restaurants, the people who drive taxi and Uber, the people who work at grocery stores, the people who grow food. We're the ones who run the country. The federal government just interferes with it. That's facts, bro. So... In order for us to have change, I guess we have to talk to all these, well, talk amongst ourselves, you know, and um, I guess come up with situations for ourselves, become independent of the government and make our own governments. Well, that, and honestly, I think one of the biggest things is just taking power away from the government. So a lot of people don't realize that they can pay less taxes if they register themselves as a business, right? Businesses pay lower taxes than individuals especially if your business is registered in certain states. Why do you think so many states register in Delaware, right? They pay less taxes. Not everyone's able to do this completely, but if you could turn yourself into an independent contractor and get your paychecks sent to your business name, you will immediately pay less taxes. You know, if we took to heart what I was taught as a kid, I was taught reduce, reuse, recycle, three things. Yeah. Now, all you hear from government, at least, and I think in many people, they think they're doing something good by recycling, but I'm not just talking about goods here. I'm not talking about just save the earth here. If we reduce the amount that we spent, the amount that we used, the amount that we uh, relied on paid entertainment and, and all this stuff, like I live in the suburbs here in Texas, half-time Texas, half-time Canada, where I live up north, there's almost, there's not very much that you can pay for. Right. Most of it's free. People go out on walks, they go fishing, they go dirt biking and ATVing and snowmobiling and hunting and, you know, they ride their bicycles. There's not much to pay for it because there's not much there. Everything that you pay for is taxed. The federal government's stealing some of that or the state government's stealing some of that. So it's partly because I'm cheap and I spent a long time very poor 
that I don't like spending my money on entertainment. The more that you do for free, the less money goes to the government. The more that you keep your money, the less it goes to the government. There's many things you can buy in cash that will never be taxed. I live up where there's a bunch of Amish people. I want a shed, you know, a nice wooden chair. I'm not going to go to a store. I'm going to go to the Amish. I, I like buying a lot of uh, food. Not a lot, but some food products from them. Some nice raw organic honey. I like buying uh, plain rice uh, rice puffs, like uh, dried rice. So we can yeah. rice, rice krispies with. And basically kind of like cereal too, you know, when we get goat milk with some rice puffs. I like buying stuff off them. I know they're not paying tax. I like going to thrift shops that are tax-free. They have uh, charity status. Right? Not only do I like paying less because I don't, we don't, we buy so much new stuff that we don't need. This world is so full of stuff, especially America and Canada. We don't need to spend that much money. I like to keep my money. I like to spend my money on stuff that makes me healthy. I'm looking at buying a bunch of trees next. I'm looking at digging a uh, fish trees. Farm. Yeah, trees, fruit trees, uh, apples, yeah. plums, uh, cherries mulberries there's only there's a handful that we can grow really well very far up north and yeah i'm gonna buy some trees so i don't have to go to the grocery store so i don't pay tax maybe that's pay, dope yeah maybe i pay tax on the tree itself but then it could continue producing food for me for a while when we buy like things like chickens or uh, chicks or yeah baby goats all, we're going to a farm we're paying cash we're not it's this is not a tax product that you buy from walmart Oh God. Do you have to? So you have to pay taxes on the trees that you have. No, but if we buy if we buy the tree itself from a store, like I'm not talking about buying. Oh, a seed. oh, oh, oh! I was about to say, man, that'd be. Well, I thought you meant like um. I don't know why I thought of it like this, but I'm thinking if you were to plant a tree, like a plum tree in your black of, of your backyard, and the government finds out, they'll make you pay taxes on it. I don't know why I thought that that was the case, but I don't know. I guarantee the government would want to do that if everyone started doing it. it absolutely. That's what yeah, exactly, man. Like which like man, that that's some bull crap, man. Like that's some straight bull crap. It's it's the reason why uh like us doing all this stuff, I feel like man, we just gotta get rid of them like completely. I I don't think there's a way for us to um wean ourselves off of them because they're just gonna come up with some fancy new way of controlling us. I was like, oh, okay, well, we see you all doing this. Well, we're going to invent new laws for us to have control in spite of what you just did. So it's like, it's just some, it's always a new hoop to jump through. It's always a new road you got to travel down when messing with them. Like, and it's just some bull crap, man. It's just bull crap. Back when I... And I do hope we we steer on back onto health a little bit, but I actually genuinely think that this is part of it. The more food we grow for ourselves, not saying we all have to be farmers. A lot of people have probably never thought that they could just go and buy a tree for $90 or $100 that's a year old or two years old already. Someone else has already started it for you. It's already producing fruit. All you have to do is pop her in the ground. It will produce massive amounts of fruit for you. If you've ever had a, an apple tree or a pear tree, you cannot eat that many pears. Now you can start trading pears around and stuff. You have abundance of pears. You can be giving these as Christmas gifts. Here's a barrel of pears, right? If every single house did this, honestly, and this doesn't mean every apartment and everything, just people who own houses. If that alone was done, we wouldn't need to spend 
I, I can't just throw numbers out of out of my head here, but probably millions, yeah. if not billions of dollars would be immediately taken away from the government, especially in the warmer places. You're in Missouri. So you're mid climate. I've been I've lived in Australia and Costa Rica and both those places. It's quite common to have fruit trees kind of everywhere. It's in Sydney, there's parks that are full of avocado trees and you know, people are going collecting the avocados when they're ripe. In Costa Rica, you don't buy a lemon from the store or a lime. They, they call it a lemon, but it's a lime. Yeah. You just walk down the street and pick a lime off, off the tree. You know, you, you send your kids up to the coconut tree. Kids climb them easier and stuff like that. Just It can very easily be in abundance. The fruit industry is a huge, huge scam. Berries grow very, very easily. We just planted a whole bunch of blueberries in our backyard and all this stuff. And these are some very expensive foods too, right? Avocados are yeah. expensive. Blueberries are expensive. And we wouldn't need a huge portion of the food industry just by doing this. And we can't live on fruits. We're not fruitivores. But this is a pretty massive part. We're getting absolutely gouged on food prices here. Well, if healthy food becomes more expensive, which it is, and junk foods become more expensive too, but junk food's still a better deal. A lot of people lean towards junk food in times of uh, financial crisis. You know, they, yeah. they can't afford the good foods. Well, this is part of what makes us sick. And this is part of what gives more money to the government because we have to buy their food from the store. So if we could grow more of our own food, and fruits are way easier to grow than vegetables. Vegetables can be tough. You got to weed them. You got to make sure pests don't eat them and stuff. Fruits are easy. Berries are easy. Chickens are super easy to take care of. Back to municipalities. You know, I think you're in St. Louis County there. Yeah. I don't think you can have chickens in St. Louis County. You'd have to go out to a little bit more of a country county. Me, I'm not allowed to have chickens at my house in town. So if you go immediately outside of town. Why? Well, there is legitimate health concerns, I guess. I guess. But if, you're, if your animals are well-maintained, then things like parasites and all that should be under control as well. Oh. It doesn't make a huge amount of sense. It, I guess it makes more sense in a, in a really dense city. But I'm sure there was problems in the past of people having goats in our town and stuff. And the, they just passed a bylaw. You can't have animals in town anymore. But if you go immediately outside of town, first of all, it's an unorganized township. So I pay way less taxes. And my housemate, he does. He has property outside of town. The taxes are almost nothing. Right? We got to pay some sort of tax. I'm not allowed to tell people to pay zero tax. There are ways to do it. But you're going to be a hobo like I used to be, paying no tax. <laughs> You got nothing. You pay no rent. You know, I had no home, no, I had no car, no car insurance. None of, so I wasn't paying any tax. You can't avoid tax completely right now, but you could massively reduce it. One way is to move out of the city. You have so much more money. Things cost so little. My house cost less than 50 grand. The whole house. Canadian Damn, dollars. For real? Canadian dollars. In Texas? No, no, up north, up north. Oh, okay, okay. See what that uh, works out to. So the Canadian dollar, I think we paid forty-six or forty-eight thousand dollars. That's only thirty-five thousand dollars U.S. Is what my house cost. It's, oh, it's less than a parking space in Toronto or New York or L.A. or any of these. Types. Legitimately, people pay these for parking spaces. So you can save a ton of money just by moving out. You have more control over your food, over your water. You can have a well. If you're on a well, you never have to pay a water bill again. You can how do, and how do wells work? Like 
when it rains or what? Like you get water from like I I never understood like you I never because I always seen wells like it's just really deep in the ground. Like is there water down there? Like mm-hmm. or does it basically anywhere in the world, if you drill down deep enough you'll hit water. Mm-hmm. And there's another secret out there that only some geologists will tell you. And I, I worked with geologists at the University of Sydney who brought me on to this. I didn't know about this until they mentioned it. Because they use radar tubes. They drill holes in the ground. They stick radar tubes down. They look for oil. That's their job. They're oil prospectors. And they told me, if you go down deep enough anywhere in this world, you're going to hit the oil table. Just like there's a water table. There's an oil table. They said it's the blood of the earth. They said, don't believe this dinosaur bone nonsense. N- nothing to do with it. This is yeah. everywhere. But nothing to do with coal or anything like that. There's a there's an oil table just like there's a water table. And so there's natural pressure down there. And so yeah, if you if you tap into a well anywhere, assuming that it's big enough, wells can dry up, sure. You'd have to you'd have to dig them down deeper at that point to get more pressure. Some cases you need to feed some pressure in with a pump, pump air in, or like with oil, to pump oil out, they pump water in. Right. So they, mm. they maintain the pressure so that the oil comes out. But a well, it's usually just natural pressure. And if there's not too many people sucking the water out, then it should maintain. You shouldn't shouldn't run dry unless it's an extreme excessive drought. And the natural pressure of the earth pumps it out. You don't need electronics or anything. People have been using wells for hundreds of years. And yeah, basically anywhere you can use that. And you have free water at that point. And how long, uh, so are you going to get a well at your house? At our house, we are not allowed to because we're in town. Okay, I would but like, if you were in the country, well, so yeah, my life is weird because I'm in two places. We're looking at moving to Colorado first of all. Next, we're trying to get out of Texas. We've got a year left on this lease. May or may not stay here longer. We don't. We got the kids are in school and all this stuff, so we don't. It's a big thing. But if we do go to Colorado, I would like to be just outside of city enough, like just outside of Boulder, just enough where I can have my own well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to use that well for a fish farm for myself. Not a gross one that's full of dying salmon and, and disgusting prawns and, you know, sick animals that you need antibiotics for. Just have enough have enough of these trout and, and other species that I can eat off of, right? It's, it's quite easy to farm fish. Where I live up north, lots of people have a trout farm in their backyard. No big deal. It's just basically a well that's dug out bigger. So instead of it being one pipe, it's a hole, a big hole. They just spend a few weeks literally just digging it out and it fills in with water eventually. Make it deep enough so it doesn't freeze completely. Run a pump through it. You do have to run a pump through it or it'll freeze. And your, your trout can live year-round, no problem. Create a little ecosystem there. I don't mind eating frogs and other, other stuff too. Some people might be squeamish about, but I've been to a bunch of different countries where they eat kind of weird stuff. And you, you eat frog? You're going to eat frogs? I'll eat frog. I'll eat snail. I'll eat uh, clam and all that. Snails are very, very easy to keep, by the way. They're they're basically trash cans. They will eat anything that you put in there. They grow quick. <laughs> um, they're they're all hermaphrodites, so they, you don't need male, female, or anything like that. Each one of them has both organs, so all you need is two snails. And in some species, or maybe all species, I'm not sure... In some species, if there is no other snail there, they'll actually impregnate themselves. And then they'll have a bunch of babies and then they'll all breed. Yeah, you'll have so many snails you won't know what to do with very, very quickly. And the Roman snail is the one that people usually eat. And yeah, so if I, th- I bet you could buy Roman snails for $4 right now in America. And uh, you buy two of them and you have snails for life. 
Sounds kind of gross, but it's a delicacy in many places. Are they actually like nutritious? Like they like yeah. Like will you will you? So I want. So you want? I know. I I, I kind of um. I've read the uh book review about the blood type diet and that you uh, had, and then I looked up some articles about it and got like a basic understanding. Like, do you think that the blood type diet is real? I think there's something to it, but it hasn't been fully figured out yet. They don't have blood types figured out in general yet. Nobody's really thoroughly fully explained it to my satisfaction of why we even have different blood types and why they're in weird places in the world. Like the, uh, there's people up in, uh, in Spain, what are they? The, the Catalan people, no one can figure out why they have their blood type and all this. There's weird things with it, but I do think blood type changes what you should thrive on. I don't want to endorse it because there, there are some people who said they followed it to a T and it absolutely helped them change their life. There are other people who said I followed it to a T, didn't do anything or made me worse. So I, I don't really know, but O type is the most common. And I do believe that O types have a few special things. And I only kind of know more about that because I'm O type and I'm, I'm O type too. Most people are, I think it's like 40%. So I believe, first of all, we need more salt more than anything, an unbelievable amount of salt. You know, my wife will make food and she knows I have to have the salt shaker with me. And she used to get offended, but I put salt on it. What do you, you don't need more salt on my food. I do. I need more salt. What, what's her blood type? I don't think she knows her blood type, to be honest. I don't think oh, she okay. knows her blood type. Not like you're filling my head kind of like a lot of knowledge. I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, imagine having um, a house in the country or like right outside of uh, town limits, like where I can never, where, where I can grow trees and have a well, get all my um, fruit from my trees, get, have like a, a chicken to get eggs, you know, like a chicken coop to get eggs and have a well for water. It's just like, it's kind of dope to be honest. Like, well, is that something that everyone should live like? Like, could you imagine a whole world doing stuff like that? Well, if if you're concerned about many of the health problems, sticking to health here, and, then, and look, throw the government stuff in. If you're concerned about what much of the government is doing, you are paying them so much money to, to live in the city. You have to pay so much more to live in the city, especially if you have a job that you have to drive to. You know, at home in the country, I almost never need to fill my gas tank. I don't need to drive for the most part. My town is tiny. You can walk across it in 15 minutes. You know, I could walk to the grocery store if I need to, even if I take my car, it's just like I could do a hundred trips before my car is empty of an efficient little car, but it's got a small gas tank. It's, you pay taxes on gas. You pay taxes on almost everything. In the country, we have things like trading posts that are run by the natives, right? And we have Amish people as well. Both of those people don't pay taxes or they pay significantly less. So even if you're buying things like cigarettes and alcohol, if you just go into the buy them off the natives it costs you less so you keep more of your money first of all you thrive when you control your health and your finances i know some people think that we can live without money and all that that's a different conversation right now we're using money and right now money is the primary tool that empowers the government and empowers you or disempowers you depending on how you use it or if you give it all to them if you live in the city you're giving a ton of it to them i'm not recommending drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes but i'm saying that these are some of the most highly taxed items there are if you just pop yourself outside of town and go to the natives, you pay less and they don't pay the government for that. So same with the Amish and all, all this stuff. If you live in the city, 
you have to pay more. You are dependent on the food system. You could grow a little bit in your apartment. Nowhere near enough to make any sort of a difference. Not at all. You can't grow a fruit tree or anything like that. You could grow a couple onions on your windowsill or it's negligible. It's not going to do anything for your bill. It's not going to do anything for the planet, really. You know, it's not going to do, it's not going to dent that amount that you have to pay to the government. If you have to work two jobs, three jobs to maintain your lifestyle in the city, which is what is real now for a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, their bills have come so much that they're working, again, two or three, literally two or three jobs. When I was a kid, it used to be like one parent could work their butt off and the other one could stay home and it was all good. Now that's not possible. Basically, everyone is both couples, both people in the house have to work. You know, who's watching the kids? Now you got to pay for child care or now you got to let uh, social media raise your children. Right? Yeah, man. Big problem. Big, big, big problem for another day. All this stuff is consequence of the city. I'm not saying that uh, we couldn't possibly design the cities and life in the city so that it could be healthier. But right now, no. You, if you want to be healthier, move to the country. EMF is another huge problem here, right? If you're in the city, you cannot escape EMF. It's not getting any better. There's absolutely no sign that it's going to get better anytime soon. No government, at least American, Canadian, there might be some countries I'm not aware of that are taking some sort of action, but not really. They say Russia was taking action. I don't really buy it. Whatever. I'm saying no government really gives a, a darn about your health, first of all. Yeah, man. Yeah. They don't care about EMF at all. At all. They'd rather get the telecom money. A lot of people are paying phone bills as well. I don't recommend that because you're paying organized crime to make cell phone towers. You can't. So Whoa, you can't, for real? I seen your um, I seen your video. I didn't know it was organized crime. I I seen your video about EMF, and it has said you don't pay uh pay your cell phone bill. I didn't know it was organized crime though. What do you mean by that? Can you, can you talk well, about? Well, I call that? it organized crime. I call the federal government organized crime too. I don't like paying organized crime. Yeah. The uh, healthcare system in Canada, I don't like paying organized crime. The food system, I don't like paying organized crime. I'm not talking about far- everyday little farmers, you know. You see a commercial for food. You see Farmer Joe out there with his little family, and it's all wholesome, yeah. and the grass is green, and there's a nice golden retriever dog coming up to them with its tongue out and stuff. That's, <laughs> not, that's not what most farming looks like when it comes to what ends up in your grocery store and restaurants. Restaurants are the worst. They buy the cheapest possible ingredients. It's mostly complete garbage. And yeah, that's it. So I'm not bashing farmers here, but that's organized crime. The food industry, you know, I'm talking about Tyson chicken and stuff like that. In America, you drive across America. I've done it many times. There's massive, massive feedlots. It's disgusting. You know, they're, they're standing in the, up to their ankles in their own poop. You know, they're not, they don't have access to grass. There's lots of good farms out there, but you pass one nice good farm and then you pass a feedlot. And the fact is that most of what most people are buying is coming from the feedlots. The feedlot is not one wholesome family business. It's organized crime. And if anything, the farmers that work that farm are actually being extorted. Many of them have spoken about this on many documentaries and stuff. They're like, look, we don't have a choice at this point. We're forced into this system. Or, uh, you know, we signed this contract with Tyson. We can't get out of it or some, something like that. They're forced to run a feedlot and they'd rather not, you know, and they know the dangers and that, you know, they dress their, themselves up in hazmat suits to put on the, the chemicals and all this stuff to spray the chemicals on their crops and on their, on their food. 
And I'm just saying that's organized crime. A lot of these these farmers are not able to be profitable in part because the government subsidizes certain parts of the food industry. The government basically steers the food industry in the direction that it wants. And what it wants is, is feedlots. It's not as bad in Canada. It's not as bad in Europe. It's not as bad in many countries. But in America, it's the worst, where small farmers are having a real hard time operating. So one thing that we can immediately do is go and pay farmers themselves. Even in St. Louis, you can go to a farmer's market. They drive in from the counties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll charge you more. Sure. In St. Louis, they'll charge you more. But if you go outside of the city, you go to a farmer's market in any town on a Saturday morning, look it up on Facebook, look it up on Google, local farmer's market in this, this town. I guarantee there is one. And you can buy a lot off them directly. And you mentioned chickens earlier, chickens and eggs. This is one of the easiest things that we could all do for ourselves. And no, we don't need to live on a homestead in the middle of nowhere to do it. You only need a regular little backyard. I'm looking in our backyard right now. It's not very big. It's enough for a good solid amount of chickens. How many yeah. chickens do you need? Not very many. Uh, we have a family of five here in this house. Let's say we get uh, 10, 10 chickens. If you treat your chickens properly and you do the nutrition properly, you should be getting 15 eggs a day from those 10 chickens for most of the year. We don't eat 15 eggs a day. We eat a lot of eggs, but not 15. So that would yeah. be overboard. We'd have an abundance of eggs with 10 chickens. And that's not a lot of chickens. It's easy to maintain 10 chickens. No big deal. Yeah. You might have to shoot a fox if it tries to eat them. We lived in the bush once. We had six chickens. There was four of us dudes. And then we kicked one out. Long story. He wasn't working out. We kicked him out. Then there was three of us. And we had plenty of eggs. Nine eggs a day. We were surviving out there. You know, you don't have to be vegan. But you also don't have to raise big animals, which are a ton of work. Goats are a lot. A lot yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, that's not something I'm interested in. Goats and cows are a lot of work. I would rather raise guinea pigs. Honestly, guinea pigs. Good nutrition. Guinea pigs. Rabbits. To eat, though? To eat? Yeah. yeah. Eating guinea pigs? Yeah. I didn't know you could eat those. Oh, yeah. They eat them in Peru. They probably yeah. still do, but they did in the past as well when they were, when they were doing really good health-wise, especially. Yeah, of you, course, they you, farm guinea pigs. You'd be eating snails, all that, huh? It's a lot easier to get more dense nutrition from smaller animals. Mm. From big animals, like a, I live in moose country. First of all, you don't see a moose every day. You know, even wolves. I mentioned this on the Instagram story today. A lot of people are trying to feed their dogs raw, and they're giving them, like, beef cuts. Whereas a cow, your, your dog would never be able to take a cow down, most likely. And even a pack of wolves, they might catch a caribou or a deer or a moose a few times a year, you know, maybe half a dozen, maybe like the luckiest wolf group ever catches 10 moose a year. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I, from what I know and understand, they mostly catch rabbits and squirrels and rats and uh, groundhogs and snakes, little yeah. lizards, salamanders, some fish, some frogs, eggs, some small birds, grouse, you know, uh, we, call it, we call them bush chickens. The grouse, they'll take them down. If you ever seen a dog catch a grouse or something, it'll probably just pull the liver out and leave the rest of it alone. But anyways, I'm saying that just like we're pretty, we're pretty similar to them anatomically to a dog. Digestion system is very similar. And it causes big problems for dogs and humans when we focus our attention on big animals 
and muscle meat especially we create huge nutrient deficiencies it's way easy you can eat an entire skeleton of a of a grouse with your teeth you don't need to boil it you don't need to to ground it into bone meal you can just eat the bones and get a ton of nutrition it's just have properly balanced nutrition when you eat the whole animal same with a guinea pig you just you just eat it you eat the whole thing you can pull the liver out it's nice and small you can eat it raw right raw food is a lot healthier in general you, you can eat a guinea pig raw i didn't well, know that you can eat organs raw you can oh organ okay, okay. Uh, you you know you still need to pull the entrails out of the guinea pig any animal here any animal I'm, no, I'm not comfortable with raw food from the grocery store. I'm not comfortable with the meat industry in general. I've decreased my meat big time. I was vegan before because I knew how gross the meat industry can be and it, how it often is, especially if you're eating cheap meat. But if you look at the Eskimos or many other, many cultures around the world, when they make a kill, they're pulling the organs out right there and eating them while they're warm. They're warm inside the body. They're still warm. Boom. And they have way more nutrients in them when they're raw. The more you cook meat, the less nutrients are available. And wow. you, you kill the enzymes in the food. So we make a big deal about vitamins and minerals because many of them are cofactors for enzymes. Enzymes, I'm trying to talk more about this lately. Enzymes, they told us in, in probably sixth or seventh grade science, and we all forgot. Enzymes are proteins that do work. In the body, enzymes do the work. So we make a big deal about vitamins and minerals because you need them for your enzymes to work and to build your tissues and stuff like that. But like zinc and magnesium, for example, they both are responsible for hundreds of different enzyme functions. Well, if you don't have enough enzymes, then the minerals and vitamins don't break. The equation goes both ways. If you don't have the vitamins and minerals, the enzymes can't work. If you don't have the enzymes, the vitamins and minerals can't work in, in many cases for many things in the body. So when we cook food, we kill the enzymes. When you microwave food, you kill the enzymes. And at low temperature, too, we're talking like 180 Fahrenheit, very low temperatures, all the enzymes are destroyed. In many cases, the, the vitamins are destroyed, too. Thiamine is destroyed right around that temperature, too. It's just vitamin B1, 180, 190. So if you look up foods with thiamine in it, and meat will be on that list, you say, oh, okay, I'm getting thiamine. Not if you're not eating raw meat, right? Most of us are cooking all of our food. Well, if you buy it from the grocery store, I do recommend cooking it. And I also recommend supplementing with enzymes for this reason, because we, we eat too much cooked food and we don't have enough enzymes. And our bodies produce less enzymes over time. And our bodies need to be nice and strong and healthy in order to actually produce the enzymes. So if we come in sick and all this stuff, you can just assume that you're enzyme deficient in some way. In this business, I know this conversation is centered around you being interested in this business. I'll tell you some of the best results we get is from enzyme supplements. And mm. I, I couldn't figure this out because I've been using them a lot for the last couple of years. And the results were so far beyond my expectations that I had to start reading books to figure out why. You know, I'm like, I'm like I know probiotics are good for us. Okay, so we're giving people probiotics and enzymes as a, as a digestion protocol, telling them to get off processed foods and all that. And I already expect good results getting them off processed foods, and I expect good results getting them on probiotics. But when I've been focusing on the enzyme products too, it's been blowing me away the results that we get. I, some people are getting such good results, they don't even bother getting onto the 90 essential nutrients. That's what we, our real bread and butter is. They're just doing fine on, on our 
enzyme products and I, I have to yeah. now talk them out of it. Like, can we get you actually started on the program? I thought, <laughs> I thought I was on the program. I don't have joint pain anymore. My blood sugar's down. My cholesterol's down. I lost 20, 30, 40 pounds already, you know, in a couple of months. Oh, just like, enzymes. It's crazy. Not just, but I'm saying that when I added that to the recommendation list, it wasn't always on there. When I added that, we started getting results that were so far beyond my expectations. I couldn't understand why. And now I understand it. Because most of us eat cooked food most of the time. And even when it's not cooked food, it's dead food. I'm talking about potato chips. I'm talking about uh, food that's been irradiated, right? You might have a nice looking apple or avocado or something. It might have been irradiated when it came over the border or in your country. It might have been irradiated. All kinds of things. Heat, time, light, just like oil oxidizes it. And the enzymes degrade over time and all this stuff. And yeah, this is one reason why it, in my personal life, what I want to do to be more healthy, to get more and more away from the food system is to have more of my own raw foods available, including fruit and including small animals. Yeah, because it's hard to farm big animals and I'm not a farmer. A little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience here. You know, chickens are easy though. Goats are not easy. I don't have time for this. I don't expect to be able to walk away from this business, which takes up 12, 14 hours a day. You know, I'm on hour 11 right now of my work day, and this is a short day for me. Friday of, of all days. Yeah, there's so many people who need help. It's hard to get away from. So do I have time to farm goats? No. But I do have time to farm easy things like fish and guinea pigs and rabbits. And absolutely, when it comes time to butcher those for dinner, because a guinea pig, I'm talking like maybe two, three guinea pigs could feed our whole family, no problem, for dinner or not. Not like we're loading up the freezer with guinea pig meat, but yeah, it'd be a good solid dinner for us. You know, we don't have huge portions of meats. We have other vegetables and stuff to even it out. But I'd be eating those organs raw, boom, right away. High in enzymes, high in nutrients, less of it's destroyed when you cook it. I'm sorry, more of it's destroyed when you cook it. So if you eat it raw, boom. If you treat your animals well, you're all good. Some people might think parasites. Parasite risk is on all food. It's on fruits and vegetables. You can get parasites. You know, I wouldn't eat the certain fish raw, like white fish, like trout. Right? A lot of people, they have trout farms up north. They do very well. They're easy to farm. I wouldn't eat that raw because they are full of worms. You want to cook those, kills the worms, just like pork meat, right? It does have worms in it, but you want to kill that. And yeah, all, all organs have the potential for parasites. You just can't escape that in this world. But if you have to overcook everything trying to kill the parasites, then you got almost nothing left in the food. Not all nutrients are killed when you cook them, but many of them are. Really, really throws things off. Yeah. So when did humans start cooking their food? Like, when did we invent, like, ovens, like, to cook our food? Like, when did everything change, and why did it change? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's interesting because there's a famous theory out there. It's called the Great Leap Forward. Didn't you have a book recommendation about that? Wasn't it a book? Uh, well, Jared Diamond is, is a very famous author. He, he's the one that popularized it. Jared Diamond popularized the term, and many different scientists, anthropologists, many of them believe that that is the time that we got more intelligent. I have problems with evolution, by the way. We're not going to go there, but let's just, let's just lay this out. So they're saying this was about 80,000 years ago to 60,000 years ago, which I would debate, but whatever. They say that was the time that we started cooking food, and they say that that's what caused the Great Leap Forward. They say, okay, now we could eat more different types of foods, like uh, tubers, potatoes, stuff like that, which you should cook. Don't eat raw potatoes. You should cook potatoes. There are some things that we should cook, and there are some benefits to cooking, like uh, vegetables, like green leafy vegetables. We know that, yes, some nutrients are killed when you cook, but in general, when you cook them, takes away some of the bad stuff like phytates, which is the hard things that make your carrot hard, your turnip hard, your nuts hard, right? They all, you got to pop the carrot and crack the turnip and, you know, raw nuts are hard, raw seeds are hard. That hardness, that phytate, kind of like a concrete, it binds with your minerals in your body too. So when you cook or soak or boil, the phytate is gone. When you cook, especially steam green vegetables, and you put butter on it on top, or you put in a fat, but butter we, we recommend. But if you put a fat on it afterwards, you actually get more nutrients out of it. Again, some are killed, enzymes are killed, but now you can absorb more of certain nutrients, especially the fatty vitamins. There's more available because it's cooked. So they say that it's because we could eat a, a wider variety of foods. That's why the Great Leap Forward happened. But we say that's not true. We believe the Great Leap Forward, if this is a real thing that happened in our evolution, I do not know or really care for that matter. I do know that we human beings have been using ash, is what I'm getting at. We've been using ash since the dawn of time. Neanderthals were buried with a little clay pot wood ashes. Ashes were sacred through all of human history. Ashes were used to cut salt. Ashes were used to stretch flowers before there was mechanical flowers, but... We did grow grains in many places and there's been diseases since we've been agricultural, by the way. There's been diseases since we've been using grains. So people say, well, what about in the Bible? Well, that's why Jesus had work to do because people were sick, right? Obviously, they were eating foods of civilization back then and it was messing them up back then. That's why Galen, the first physician and, uh, you know, Hippocrates and all this stuff, they had a job to do because there was diseases of civilization involved with uh, growing grains and stuff like that. But anyways, we humans used ashes to stretch their salt. To, they put it in their food as a condiment, as a thickener. And they didn't know it, but it was the first supplement, the first major supplement, mineral supplement, plant-derived minerals in the form of wood ashes. The carbons burned away, we got wood ashes. So Jared Diamond and many other people think that us cooking made us smarter 
made our brains bigger, gave us civilization because we had this wide variety of foods that we could now eat, including grains, grains, mm. tubers, other stuff that you do need to cook. You can't eat a raw green. We say, no, you're wrong. The reason that uh, it's associated with cooking is because when we cooked, we used fire. And when we used fire, we burned stuff. And when what was left over from that fire was plant-derived minerals in the form of wood ashes. And we used that as a supplement. We put it into our gardens. We put it into our food. We ate it. We put it on our wounds to disinfect them. And before, before the nutrients were really figured out in the 20th century, they considered ashes to be an essential nutrient. I know I've kind of hogged the microphone here, Fred. I'm sorry, but this is... Oh, no, you're good, man. I'm, I'm, you're good, bro. You're good, I promise. You're this is good. a big part of the story here, right? So yeah. Before we figured out nutrients, they thought that proteins, fats, carbs, and ash were the essential nutrients. Ash. We knew it was important. We didn't know why. So we say that's the reason for the Great Leap Forward. And you were asking, well, hey, do we all need to move out to the country? I don't think the answer is yes, but... Politically, the cities aren't getting healthier and they're not getting cheaper. They're gouging you at every single corner. And when you are in the country, you have access to more things such as your own water, control of your own water, control of at least more of your own food. But you could actually grow and you could do all your own food if you wanted to. It's possible. It's not as actually big of a deal as people would think. I've seen I follow these YouTube channels, you know, that grow in their backyard, even in L.A. and stuff and in a small backyard. They can grow a ton of food. You wouldn't believe how much food you can grow in a regular backyard. Not even with fruit trees. I'm talking vegetables and some vines and stuff and a couple of chickens. You can get a lot of food out of your backyard. If you expand that out just a little bit, you can do a lot. If you have access now to forests, like I I live in one of the world's biggest forests, right? Right in the middle of it. It's bigger than Germany, I believe Italy and Holland combined. The forest yeah. that I live in, and we're right in the middle. It's largely uninhabited. We could live off the land if we wanted to, just from fishing and hunting. There's tons of grouse. There's tons of other small animals, and there is moose and stuff. But like I said, I wouldn't expect to catch them every day. I'd be living on small animals primarily. And um, on top of this, if you do live in the country, you have access to wood ash. Because in many towns and cities, you can't even have a little fire. You're not even allowed to have a fire. Well, if you do, if you are able to have fire, then you are able to also generate your own heat. I don't know about you, but our heating bill went out through the roof in the last couple of years. And I'm really upset about it. I want to get off of natural gas because they're gouging us for it. Talking about the government earlier. We're paying the government way too much money to have the privilege of natural gas. And we missed our opportunity this year. We were talking about bringing the wood stove inside. We have several wood stoves. We'd have to knock a hole through the wall to get it done, and we didn't do it. But a little bit more space, and if I was building the house from scratch, 100% it's running on wood stove with an oil drip furnace as a backup for when it gets real, real cold. And so that, now you control your heat. You took away from the heating bill. You can cook off a wood stove, too. A lot of them are designed so that you can cook on top of it. The stove, basically, you don't have to turn the stove on, right? Just, it's a metal stove. It keeps your house warm and you can cook on it anytime you want. And many of them have a compartment beside that where it's an oven too, that's basically on all the time. So you can bake in that too. Just pop it open, boom. You don't have to preheat it. It's already heated. Got temperature gauge in it. Uh, There's a heat driven fans too. It's a very common little device on top of the stove. So you're using the wood. It's heating your house. You can cook on it for free. 
And it also drives a fan on top of it too, which circulates air through your house. And hopefully you've designed the house to have ventilation because we, that's one big problem actually in modern houses that we don't have enough ventilation, big problem. We're stuck in these houses, you know, people got AC on, the windows are closed. We're stuck with chemicals, uh, your carpet, I'm looking in the room I'm in right now. Okay, the carpet's doused in chemicals as soon as it's made, right? You smell a new house or a new car, that's chemicals. It takes two, three, four, five years to fully dissipate that. So we're sitting in unventilated houses dousing chemicals from all of our furniture and all this stuff, unless it's old furniture. And all of our electronic devices are producing ions, positive ions, which are bad for us. And we're stuck inside with them. So I'm just saying that, you know, we don't have to all move to the country, but the city's not getting better. I don't know how big the political movement would have to be to reverse these things. But in the country, you got food, you got water, and you got wood and you got fire. And I think we could do this in a controlled way where we don't burn down all of our forests. You know, I, like I said, I live in one of the biggest forests in the world. People have no idea how, how many trees we do have. And we could utilize this in a smart way and not deforest everything. More of us could go on to wood. That would give us more wood ashes as well. That's a free supplement as well. That's a free condiment as well. That's a free fertilizer as well. Right? The, the, all of this stuff can be generated electricity itself is a, is a pretty big scam and we're not allowed to generate our own electricity in the city. You have to feed it back into the grid. You could though. And yeah. you have to have a big long conversation about why solar panels are not that efficient and, and windmills and all that stuff, but you could do it on a small scale. You could generate more of your own electricity. We we're talking about water pressure earlier. That, that's one big free way to get electricity. It's just a scam that we're kind of only told and taught about the grid. And we think that we need to be plugged into the grid Meanwhile, they keep cranking up the prices on the grid and they keep putting billions upon billions of dollars into really shoddy infrastructure. I can't believe that we live down here in Houston and, you know, the oil capital here, America, and the grid here in Texas goes out you know, fairly regularly. Like I live in the boonies up north. Well, we expect the power to go out now and then. Our grid sucks up there too. You know, it's a, it's, it's a harsh environment up there. It's not a big deal. But when we're here, you know, in the heart of the modern world, basically, with all this energy, like oil, and the grid keeps going out largely because of these uh, totally scam windmill and solar farms that are just so unreliable that, yeah, it it frustrates frustrates me to no end that we could have such a shoddy grid and that we still have to pay for such shoddy service and that the prices keep going up on all these things. That I don't want to be dependent on electricity, especially not from the grid. And you don't need electricity for everything. And you definitely don't need AC electricity for everything. Most of our devices now run on DC, which is very easy to collect with a small solar panel. You don't need a super sophisticated setup and all this stuff. Like they sell at Walmart or in Canada, Canadian Tire and, you know, hunting stores or outdoor stores. They sell these little solar panels that, you know, they're the size of a, a book and you can bring them out camping with you. It costs like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. You bring them out camping with you and that can charge your devices. Like a, a lot of our stuff, you're probably your shaver, you know, your, your laptop, not a refrigerator or anything like that. But a lot of the stuff that we use in our day-to-day lives and we consider essentials are just small DC devices that don't require a lot of electricity. And it's a complete scam that we need an, an AC grid to support. We don't. 
Heck yeah. I actually have some questions about uh, negative ions. Because I had thought about becoming a, a truck driver. Literally the day I thought about becoming a truck driver, that same day I seen your uh, your Instagram story and you were talking about traveling is one of the worst things that you can do. And I was like, wow, like that's kind of crazy ti- timing. And it was, uh, you were talking about all the chemicals from the cars, like the negative ions from the, no, positive ions, I think, from the cars. I think the positive ions. Yeah, the positive or the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The positive ions from the car, they're blowing around, you know, you're on the road for hours at a time. And um, that gave me a question, like, are there any, like, are there any negative ions that you can take with you? Like, mobile ones, like something that you can have on you at all times, like if it was like a little device. Or um, I know that there's like a salt lamp, but I'm not sure if that has to be plugged in or not. So this is something I want to expand my expertise on. It okay. is tough to get information on ions. A lot of people now, and there's a lot of books about frequencies, but frequencies are the other half of the coin, right? Energy is two sides. This is regular standard physics too. Regular physicists understand and this is in regular textbooks and stuff. All matter is both wave and particle. And it can be either depending on the circumstance. So the waves is what everyone's making a big deal about. And it is a problem. Frequencies are a problem. But the particle aspect, the ion aspect, it's the other type of matter that there is. And all of our devices, computers, the car, all of them produce, actually in the case of motors, like just a standard like diesel motor that doesn't have any electronics on it at all, it's actually not really producing frequencies to my knowledge, but it is generating ions, positive ions. So I'm trying to expand my expertise. I've got a podcast booked with a, with a guy who runs a company who goes into homes and uh, helps them reduce their EMF. But I even talked to him a little bit this morning and he says, you know what, I don't know that much about ions. So this is a pretty obscure topic, actually, when it comes to ions. And again, the books, a lot of them just kind of go through the basics. They don't really go into the nitty gritty. There's lots of devices coming onto the market and I'm not up to date. You know, I have a bunch of different types of devices, EMF devices and, and apparently supposedly ion devices. But I really would like to talk to some actual experts to see which one is better. I'm going to buy an ion meter soon too. Plants are your next thing, right? Plants generate negative ions. This is part of the reason it feels good to be in the forest. Part of the reason why it's good to surround yourself with plants in the, in the house as well. We're trying to get some in our house too. We've got a little olive tree growing, growing next to the window here. My wife is a middle Eastern. She loves olive oil. I said, well, let's grow an olive tree. Let's get that started. You know, it's possible anyways, but all plants give out negative ions. And some of them do a little bit more than others. Some plants are even said to absorb radiation. I don't know how true that is. I don't know the science involved, but people say this stuff. And there are many commercial ion generators, negative ion generators. Many of them are marketed as air purifiers as well. So you can get an air purifier that has a filter and an ion generator at the same time. You know, Fred, it annoys me because I'm a salesperson, first of all. Part of the reason yeah. people come to us is because there's so much information out there about vitamins and minerals. They need someone who can make it make sense for them and give them an actual recommendation. Well, I remember when you used to be able to go to an electronics store and the salespeople made commissions. Therefore, they had an incentive to actually know something. Yeah. And uh, in Canada, I think they did the same in America, too. They came and said, uh, 
oh, we're not paying our salespeople commissions anymore. Don't worry about it. You could, and this was like supposed to be a good thing. Like come into our store. Don't worry. Our salespeople don't make commissions. So they're not going to bug you. Well, yeah, now they're not going to bug me. They're not going to do anything. I walk yeah. in and say, Hey bro, could you tell me about this? Uh, these two stereos here? What's, what's the difference exactly? You know, what are the, what are the benefits and features of these different models? And they don't know anything. Can't tell you, can't tell you Jack. Yeah. So I, I, they get paid hourly. Yeah, exactly. They get paid the same amount if they do nothing. And so half of them are playing Candy Crush on their phone and they can't wait for you to get out of their (laughs) face so they can continue playing Candy Crush. So, um, and then I go onto YouTube or sorry, I go onto Google and I say, Hey Google, what is the best ion generator out there on the market right now? And what do I get? A bunch of sponsored ads. Right, a bunch of pages that are like, here's the 10 best ion generators, 2023. And all of them are sponsored ads. And I just can't trust this. I need to speak to an expert. And it yeah. annoys me that there's no experts anymore. You know, I send people ask about water filters. And I say, go, go to a water store. Because they're going to know. They're going to be able to talk to you about the features and benefits of each model. And help you find what's best for you. People have this idea about salespeople like we're vultures. Our job is to help you find what's right for you. And if we do a good job, you might come back or you might send your friends and family to us because we helped you. But yeah, I don't know where to go for ions right now, for ion meters or or generators. You talking about kind of ranting about this topic, like people not knowing, having any expertise, basically, reminds me of the book review that you did. It was called Mastery. And it was like, no one wants to be a master anymore. It kind of reminds me of that. Um, and I agree, man. Like, uh, I just thought I'd throw that in there, but, um, yeah, man, I, it's, it's unfortunate, bro. And, but the problem is I, when did ions, positive ions come into, come into existence? Because do you think it was part of like us making all this different stuff, industrial, industrialization, basically like all these buildings and cars and all these different uh, satellites, you know, all these different electronic stuff around us because it doesn't make sense for positive ions to have existed before then because everything was just, you know, plants, animals, oceans, you know, that type of thing. Well, before I answer that, let me let me also say, so there's lots of ion generators out there and I need to become more educated, but I'm throwing it out there that they exist. I am going to buy a bunch of different ion generators. I'm just, I'm getting myself ready for it. Again, I don't have anyone to talk to, so it's been kind of annoying. If I, if I had someone that knew what they were doing, I I would have bought this six months ago, you know, or a year ago when I first started learning about this a little bit more than a year ago, maybe two years ago when it first came to my attention. One other thing that I do know, that's not a device that I need a salesperson to talk to is moving water. And you've probably seen a lot of these like uh, mud flood and Tartaria people. Yeah. And yeah, so they're, they're talking a lot about how they theorize that older buildings were designed to harness, first of all, electricity from the atmosphere, run it down through, through wires and, and mercury actually as well, largely to move water. Because all of these nice old world towns and stuff like that were built with water fountains and, and other, you know, infrastructure that uh, alters the frequencies, alters the harmonics of the air and the atmosphere. And I would say, I would add to that, that these would also be generating po- negative ions, the good ones. I don't know why they didn't name them the other way around. Name the positive ones the good ones, but no, the positive ones are yeah, bad. I, 
Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, I, I, that's why it keeps tripping me up. I'm like, wait, how do I? Yeah. But, so yeah. moving water, even something like an aquarium in a room, a little little fountain. You know those little Zen fountains, right? They plug in. I don't like stuff that plugs in, but little Zen water fountain. They just oh, that just yeah, yeah, just little things waterfall basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, those will be probably not a lot, but they're producing negative ions. They're giving out negative ions. I I think I would like a nice big generator that's putting literally millions of ions into the atmosphere in every second or minute or whatever. They have different rates that they pump ions out. But anyways, moving water. And when I said I want a trout farm in a pond, one reason is for the trout and the other little animals that I can raise in there, like mussels. You, you grow mussels on strings. They, they grow quite easily and quite well. And they filter the water and stuff. And uh, the snails I would do in little tanks, by the way. They wouldn't be water species. They'd, just, they'd be my, my uh, composters. They'd be my composters. I'd put my potato skins and stuff in with the snails. And I'd eat some of the snails periodically. But anyways, one reason to have a big fountain, this is like one of my life goals here, is so that you got the big pond, is so it can have a big fountain. One that shoots high up into the air. I'll run a, a powerful pump if I have to. Because that would be... Pumping ions into the air. You probably felt it. Even in the city, middle of the city, you go downtown, there's a big fountain. It just feels nice to sit around it. Nobody knows yeah. why. Nobody understands why. That's why. And the old world was built like that. They had moving water. If you live by the sea, you get it all the time. Because seawater and moving water in general generates negative ions. By a waterfall, I have a, I have a little spot outside of my town i like to spray paint graffiti and murals and stuff like that and i i, I can't paint much up in the country unless someone pays me but i have this one little spot it's a little bridge and it's got this little water fall that, that goes year-round and again only a couple of years ago this ion thing came to my attention i've heard people say it before but it went right through my ears didn't pay attention to it at all but i love this little spot that i go to this little bridge i have it's my it's my happy place I know it's weird for, I love bridges. I don't know why. Spray painting, I fell in love with bridges and they're, they're peaceful. And, you know, one reason though that I know now is that when the bridge is near a river or the bridge goes over a river, especially if there's a little waterfall like my little spot up north, it's just pumping negative ions into the air. Yeah. And I just love standing under that bridge. It just feels so good. So that yeah. that's not complicated. We don't need devices for that or anything. And we should. All of humanity always wanted to live near water anyways. So th this explains part of the reason why we need water first and foremost. But when water is moving, it gives us free ions. So you said, when did ions become a problem? Yeah. Industrial revolution, yes, absolutely. Every single device that we have, even regular diesel motors and stuff like that, they produce ions. But I have a book here, it's downstairs. It's called The Ion Effect by Fred Soika. Soika. S-O-Y-K-A, I believe. It's uh, kind of the seminal book on the topic in English because apparently the Russians know more about this and they've known more about it for longer. So he talks about how he figured this out when he was in Switzerland and during certain periods of the year, he would just feel awful. And apparently in Switzerland, in Germany, in the Middle East, in certain places in the world, they have these things called like the wicked winds, the wicked winds. And those are times that uh, positive ions would blow. 
from over the desert. Under certain weather conditions, air becomes laden with positively charged ions, which is not a plus, as they can adversely affect our mental and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. The saying, it's an ill wind that blows no good, is meant to remind us that in the midst of difficulty, we often find hidden gifts. Okay, I'm not sure what that means. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, so here it says, too, in the, there's a holistic website, in nature, positive ions are commonly formed by strong winds, dust, humidity. Oh, boy, maybe that explains why I uh, don't feel good in Houston. And I, actually, when it's raining, too, I know I said, I know I said, uh, that uh, moving water is good for us. But you ever notice that you feel more agitated and stuff when it's raining, but you feel better after? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 You go outside uh, after and you're like, wow, this is like beautiful outside. You know, it's a, there's something about that special feeling when after a heavy rain. And it's probably because a lot of us got wound up during the heavy rain. Man, I noticed my wife and I fight more like when it's raining and stuff too. Straight up. <laughs> and I have to remind myself, like, hey, we're probably just kind of agitated right now because it's raining. And here in Houston, when it rains, it rains. Right? It might rain for three days straight, monsoon. So what is so the so the rain? But raining is natural, isn't it? It is, but it's not a constant thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And nature is good and bad. Everything is good and bad. Everything yeah. is pro and con. Everything is yin and yang. Right, so nature often produces the negatives, negative ions, which again is good for us, for the listeners. The negative ones are good for us. Forests produce negative ions. Mountains produce negative ions. I live up on the Canadian Shield. It's a gigantic rock, huge rock that's bigger than most countries. It's, it feels good all the time to me. It's, I can't explain it. As soon as I get there, I feel good. It's the rocks themselves, it's like a gigantic crystal, right? It's producing negative ions. Uh, water, beaches, sand, right? The, the sand on the beach acts, it's quartz, it acts like a bunch of a zillion little crystals. All of those things create negative ions, but strong winds, dust, humidity. They didn't say rains here. I threw that in. I'm going to, we're doing an ion episode too soon, by the way, me and, me and Luke, who, by the way, he's, Luke is your upline. So we're doing an episode soon about ions, a couple of days coming. And we're going to talk more about this. But yeah, pollution here as well. So all the bad stuff coming out of the exhaust and all this stuff. These are all positive ions. They are at their highest levels just before an electrical storm. Right? So it all builds up. This probably is in our grade six science textbooks too. I just can't remember. Right? The, the charges build up and then they release. Mm. Right? Nature, nature's always doing this. Nature's got good. Nature's got bad. The oceans produce negative ions. It produces abundance of life and food and all this stuff. But the ocean can also kill you quick. I worked in the ocean. It's a scary place, right? They treat it with respect. Nature is good and bad. It's got everything in here for us, and it's got everything bad for us, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to us to um, decipher that, I guess, you know? That's true, though, about the... So what are your um, thoughts on spirituality? I know that you don't follow any particular religion, but I know that you mentioned God earlier. But like, if you're in tune with God, then blah, so and so, so and so. So, like, you do you believe in God? What are your uh, what are your entire thoughts on it? To be honest, well, when it comes to health, the most amazing things that you'll ever see and read about come from the faith healing category. 
Placebo, which is the power of the mind to heal itself. Placebo outperforms most drugs most of the time. Placebo outperforms most nutrients most of the time. Placebo and, and power of faith, harnessing our own he healing power, that can do things faster than nutrients can. Nutri nutrition is important. We need it to build ourselves. We need it to run ourselves. But we can override almost everything in this world with our minds alone. And I know a lot of people won't take this stuff seriously, but there are reports, there are videos. Man, people send me the craziest stuff, and I believe that they're real. You know, there's people who have such strong faith that they can hold blow torches to themselves, that they can grab a chainsaw, that they can try and stab themselves and not bleed. You know, there's reports about this type of stuff throughout history. There's an amazing book called The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And there's lots of other books out there, but that book is very famous. There's so many different cases about miraculous healing, miraculous ability to withstand pain, like things that science says is not possible. So when we harness our mind, when we harness our faith, particularly, it doesn't matter what religion it is, when you harness your faith, you are able to overcome basically anything in this world. I'm not saying we can live forever and we're indestructible, but close, <laughs> kind of close when it comes to some of this stuff. And like I said, nutrition takes time. I've also worked in the EMF business for several years as well. And I can say the same thing about frequencies. If you utilize frequencies properly, they can heal faster than anything. Nutrition takes weeks to work usually. Days, the absolute fastest nutrition works in days. Weeks is more likely. Months is even more likely, you know, to really reverse a problem. But with faith and with frequencies, those two things, and they're hand in hand, I'll explain. With those two things, you can do things way faster. People can re regrow their brain, you know, there's... In the biology of belief, it talks about a case where uh, the woman's brain was basically mush, and she was able to go on and live a normal life with with prayer. Basically, there's a also a very famous doctor, Japan, Japanese doctor, Doctor Emoto. Doctor Emoto, he shows that what we say, when we speak, we create a frequency. Right uh, in the Bible, it says, "In the beginning, there was the Word." I believe yeah. that's Genesis. I'm not an expert, but this is like the beginning of the New Testament. In the beginning, there was the word. Words create frequencies. Thoughts create frequencies. When we utilize those frequencies, we can change matter. We can change the substance of water. That's what the hidden messages of water is about, Dr. Yamoto. We can change fruits. We can change plants. I believe we can change our own biology as well. That's what this leads out to. We create frequencies when we speak good words, when we speak bad words. And this, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I, I bet 95% of the audience is on board with this already, where they showed this in experiments too with rice and with other plants that, you know, they would just tell one bowl of rice, I love you. One bowl of rice, I hate you. And then they would just ignore one. And the one that they gave the love to took the longest to rot. The one that they said, I hate you, took the fastest to rot, rots almost immediately. The one that they ignored also rotted quickly. Because and what attention. Dr. Emoto has conducted another interesting experiment. He placed rice into three glass beakers and covered it with water. And then every day for a month, he said, thank you to one beaker. You're an idiot to the second. And the third one, he completely ignored. 
After one month, the rice that had been thanked began to ferment, giving off a strong, pleasant aroma. The rice in the second beaker turned black. And the rice that was ignored began to rot. Dr. Emoto thinks that this experiment provides an important lesson, especially with regard to how we treat children. We should take care of them, give them attention, and converse with them. Indifference does the greatest harm. That's like phenomenal, man. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, there's it's another crazy. one I saw recently. Like, yo, you got you broke this open. Let's do this. There's one I saw recently. I don't know if it's true or not. I saw it on Instagram the other day where a man had lemon tree. And he wanted to, he heard that he could do something to increase his uh, lemon output. And he had some controls, kind of, it's not a double blind experiment, but he has a lemon tree that he didn't do anything with. So he waited until the lemon uh, tree gave off lemons. I think it took four years. He took the nicest lemon from the batch that grew. He only got a handful of lemons that first year. He took the nicest one. He brought it to church and he gave it as a tithe, right? You know, they put the, they bring the bowl around in church. Everyone donates. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. donated the lemon. I believe this is how it went. He donated the lemon. He he asked for God's blessing for the lemon. And so he gave away that one lemon. But the lemon tree that it came from after that started to produce these monstrous lemons, huge monster lemons, freak lemons. And his control trees are just producing regular lemons. Eight years ago, I planted the lemon tree in my yard. And we're reading the Old Testament. And what it says is the first three years, you're not to harvest the crop. But the fourth year, you harvest the crop, and then you give the first fruits to God. Now the fourth year, that lemon tree had 12 lemons. So I took the best lemon, and I washed it, and I took my pen, and I wrote first fruits on that lemon, and I took it to the church on a Sunday, and I dropped it in the offering. Okay, now four years later, our other tree still produces regular-sized lemons, but the tree we tithed on now produces only this size lemons. It doesn't produce any medium-sized or small lemons. It only produces these. God's word is true. Man, he says that he'll give you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases you. And, uh, man, this is, a, this is just a result of obedience. It was an incredible story. I don't know if it's true. I've seen other things like that. And with the Dr. Emoto, lots of people have done, have taken Dr. Emoto's work and, and tried to expand it. Positive vibes. I know that. This is how we speak, like just in in common parlance here. But this is what it literally, technically translates to: is that we're creating positive frequencies, we're embedding the water with positive frequencies. And I know we can fake tons of stuff with CGI and all this stuff, but it looks real to me. I trust Dr. Emoto's experiments. Some people, have, you know, claim he's a fraud and whatnot. I don't think so because people do this. Just I follow a lot of hippies and stuff too on my on my uh, cell phone tower accounts, and yeah, I see them doing all sorts of replications of this stuff. Where they give love to one thing and hate to another thing and ignore another thing and the thing that they give the love to that's what actually grows the best or or uh, it, it gets rid of the mold on the plant or whatever whatever it is you can do this all sorts of different ways so talking about god here i know that was your question huge question here <laughs> and we do we do kind of have to wrap up in, in a little bit i haven't uh, eaten yet all day by the way talking about this business and this business being tough yeah yeah, man, I had seen your um your Instagram story. You were like, man, like you were, you were like getting fed up. I was like, man, because you were talking about YouTube being bullcrap. You were talking about how hard the oh, business I'm, is. I'm fed up with YouTube. That's for like, sure. 
Like you were talking about a lot of stuff. I was like, oh my god! I was like, man, this guy's going through it right now. Like, yeah. Like it's just, it's just. Well, I'm doing it to myself too. Look, my my wife wants a house in Colorado, so I'm doing seven day weeks. But at the same time, you know, we're just going into the busy season here, and you know, we we slow down a little bit in the summer. That's normal. We also slow down a little bit in December. Usually, people are busy with other stuff. So we're in the busy season right now. There's just so many people, they need our help. And yeah, I'm trying to do as much as I can. And yeah, we're on hour 12 now. I've been working for 12 hours and I haven't eaten yet. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a lot, but. It's, it's rewarding though, huh? You, you like it, huh? Well, it's a calling. Let's say that. And yes, yes, it is. I mean, it's it's hard to deny. I said at the beginning, like a nobody like me has to do this. And it's it's nuts to me. It's nuts. Even when I didn't know what I was doing, I can't tell you how many people have come back and crying given uh, given us hugs you know me or like mike i help open a store with this guy mike people will come back in a week later just crying oh my god i can't thank you so enough and all this you changed my life and you know we hardly did anything this is just our basic stuff you know we gave him a glass of salt water <laughs> gave him a couple of frequency discs maybe gave him a, a drink of vitamins but it's harder to sell people on the vitamins in person i'm just saying yeah i know how important it is and I need to do it for my own my own life. You know, I was in poverty when I started this, and now I have a decent income. But yeah, to step up to the next level, I've got to step up. And when we've got people clamoring at the door, they say you got to harvest in harvest season, right? This is harvest season. Learn how to take advantage of the spring. Spring is called opportunity, and spring follows winter. What a great place for it! If you were going to put it somewhere, that'd be the place to put it. Right after winter. How often does spring follow winter? every year with regularity you can almost count on it see opportunity always comes days follow nights isn't that terrific opportunity follows difficulty but here's what you must learn to do underline these two words in that key phrase take advantage see just because spring rolls around is no sign you're gonna look good come fall you gotta do something with it in fact you have to get good at one of two things in life planting in the spring or begging in the fall or get somebody to do it for you see those are about the only alternatives now here's what else you must do take advantage of the springs quickly because there's only a few just a handful of springs have been handed to each of us life is fairly brief so you got to read every book you can get your hands on and what to do with your springs while they're here and take advantage they soon run out so whatever you're gonna do with your life you got to get at it don't just let the springs pass 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 well years and years of working to get to this point now the plants are ready and you require long days in harvest season to get it done. You can rest later. I, I can rest later. I could take a break if I wanted to, but I don't. I'm the one that told you I want to do this and that this is the time I want to do it. And I could have said, man, I'm tired. Been a long day. I had all these calls. There's 50 messages that still haven't been answered. But no, let's get it done. Let's stoke the fire while it's hot. Let's harvest this crop while it's here. It's not always going to be here. And let me, let me go back into this God thing. Because it, it right. matters. It matters, right? First of all, all the longest lived populations have faith, period. All of them. The Hunza up in the uh, Pakistan mountains, they're still widely considered the longest lived people, even though things are changing. They got cell phone towers up there, and I'm sure they got processed foods up there as well. I've lived in the Nicoya Peninsula, Costa Rica. They got Coca-Cola there. They got cell phone towers there. Things are changing. But still, these populations are doing better than we are. The Hunza are Muslim. They've been Muslim for hundreds of years. The uh, Okinawas have the, the Japan, Japanese have their own faith. Japan and Macau and, and Hong Kong are up in the top three longest lived populations right now, at least according to countries. They have faith. 
the Loma Linda, California blue zone, the oddball blue zone. They have faith, their Seventh-day Adventists. Utah is one of the healthiest states in America when you look at the different states. They're religious, they're Mormon. All of the longest of populations have faith. In Costa Rica, they're Catholic. Doesn't matter what, what type of faith it is, it matters that they have faith. When they have that faith, they are creating the positive energy that they need for their cells to thrive, for the water, the water in our bodies. We're mostly water, right? We're talking about the emotions of water, Dr. Emoto. Well, our emotions change water, and therefore the emotions change the water in us as well, I believe. That's the extrapolation of that. If we can experimentally show that water can change. And you you know, you probably know, you've probably seen it, but for the audience, he started this by freezing water crystals and taking a picture of them as they were freezing. And when he would project love onto them and other, you know, good words, think, things like God and, and, and Jesus Christ and, and Buddha and whatever had a positive association with it, he would try all these different words and he'd photograph them as they were freezing, individual water crystals. The ones that were given good vibes turned into beautiful crystals, basically, like a snowflake. The ones that he would give hatred to, bad words, ugly words, they would just look like like garbage. You know, they're just they're they're a mess. They're they're not organized crystals. They're just a blob many times, just like the the rice that rots quickly with the negative vibes. So I'm saying that it is one of the common factors in the longest of populations that they all have faith, and it's not important what faith they have. It's important that they have faith in general. I don't know what I believe. I think I probably said it to you. I don't know if this is a video game. You know, yeah, I don't know. we had a long conversation about it, man. Like in the DMs, you were talking about. We were just, I'm my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I might say I, I subscribe to Sheldrakeism in a way. Rupert Sheldrake. Yeah, I'm writing this. Down. I keep my own notes so I don't uh, lose my thoughts, especially when I'm tired. Just yeah. Sheldrake has this theory about morphic resonance, which means that. I'm probably not going to be able to explain it perfectly. I do recommend studying Rupert Sheldrake. He's one of my favorites. And he talks about these morphic fields and morphic res resonance. Basically, when we do something, we create a field around that thing. I believe that this whole world could be a product of resonance, a product of frequencies. And to me, that makes even more sense when we get real down nitty gritty into the conspiracy world and we realize that space is fake and all this stuff. And you realize that the elites, they practice Satanism. Is it, well, why do they practice Satanism? Because they control the frequencies. They control the energy. The frequencies and the energy literally create the reality. So if they're the ones that are controlling it, they're the ones that are in control. And Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you think they actually care about Satan and stuff? No, this is just a concept. Right? There's a field around these concepts. And there's a powerful energy and stuff like that. So yeah. it gives them... You probably don't know much about chaos theory because chaos theory is kind of old school. It's, it was popular in the 80s mostly. And I mostly just read old books, especially when I was poor. I would just get what I could at thrift shops. So I stumbled onto a bunch of chaos theory books. And I know not a lot of people understand it these days, but they should. Chaos by James Gleek, I think, is, is your seminal book to understand it. And they've got these things called attractors. When you're talking about field theories and, and uh, chaos theories. Attractors could be a positive concept, could be a negative concept, could be an action. You know, I would always wonder why the, uh, when I worked in, on a boat, I would see these birds that always took off. It looked like they, they were the exact same. It looked like they were a program, like they were an exact copy, like the exact amount of wing flaps. They just looked 
the same when they took off. I would call that a field, a field around an attractor. An attractor, once something has, has happened this way, it's more likely to happen that way again because a field has been created. The field is, is circling around this attractor, this type, this motion. I know some people who are listening will be somewhat familiar with chaos theory, and they're probably like, oh, man, he's butchering this. But hopefully it kind of makes sense. Uh, Sheldrake gave one example where... When a, and there's tests for this too. I mean, there's there's some science here showing that his uh, his resonance theory is correct, and I honestly do believe it is correct. It, maybe it's not completely fleshed out, but shows that when one group of something, an, an animal or a human group, they learn something in one country, you get a different group of rats or humans in a different continent to try and do the same thing, do the same puzzle, learn the same task. Once one group has learned it in, in one country, all of the other groups learn it faster. Say it took them 10 hours to figure out the maze in England. And then they run the experiment again with a brand new, completely genetically different stock in Australia. The Australian group inevitably learns it faster. And he's saying it's because a field has been created and an attracting point has been created. So he, he told the story of how his son used this to clever effect. That they figured his son and his friends when they were in university they figured that if they waited if they let everyone else write their test first if they did the last questions first and then went back to the beginning everyone else would have already done the beginning questions therefore a field would have been created around that where we're more likely to get the right answer if you do it after they've already written the test hmm. this might be one reason why even though a lot of people say we're getting dumber and dumber, it doesn't show up on IQ tests. On IQ tests, it's weird because we keep getting smarter and smarter at IQ tests. We keep getting better and better at IQ tests. You know, even the TikTok generation, crazy. It's because I think a field has been created around it, and we are naturally in tune with that, especially if we don't think much about it. We're naturally in tune with what people have already done before. It becomes more likely to do what people have already done before. Someone finishes the six-minute mile, right? I think it was Roger Bannister did it the first time. Everyone said it was impossible. Everyone can do it now. Six-minute mile is not a big deal now, right? This type of thing. Skateboarding takes forever for someone to invent that trick. But then once that trick is invented, it's easy for everyone else to learn it, basically. These are maybe not, are not the best examples, but I think this is what has a large uh, part to do with our behavior, is that we're following fields that already exist. It's a lot of effort to create a new field. And the people who control this world, they control a lot of these fields. That's why they dominate our attention with certain concepts. That's why they repeat certain programs over and over and over. And that's why they do these rituals. And for us on our own, I know we went way deep end, but this is not off of health. This is, this is still within health. When we create our own fields, we, when we create our own frequencies, when we can control our own emotions and we can project positive emotions instead of negative emotions, it's, it's not a hippie thing. This is literally how you can change your physiology and change your reality. That might be a reason why they never want the, like the what conspiracy health business to have too big of a field because now it's growing you're going to have people that's going to be attracted to it and it's going to keep on growing. That's why they keep trying to suffocate it as much as they can. You know, I'm not, do you think they, do you think, do you think that they know about morphic fields? Well, Rupert is, uh, he's kind of obscure. He's bigger in England. He's English. 
but I do think they know. I think they understand this is this is Satanism. This is yeah. Aleister Crowley type of stuff. They, I think they understand that by casting these spells and that by controlling our attention that they can control our energy. They can control our frequencies and they can literally keep us down and they can literally keep us sick just by poisoning our minds with all this garbage. Again, all this stuff that takes our power away. Where does our power come from? Not only from ourselves, but from our surroundings. And, and I mean like our family, our loved ones, you know, uh, the Eastern religions, they show or they believe that's the, the man and the woman, they come together, the yin and the yang, they come together and we're more powerful together than we than we are apart. Like we I'm one, she's one, together we're five, right? And so obviously, of course, they, they put out all this hypersexuality, so they, they're trying to get us all to be promiscuous. Uh, they make it easier to get divorced, and it just becomes normal to get divorced. They promote all this stuff that keeps us apart. They promote all this stuff that keeps us out of church, or keeps us out of the church, keeps us out of the mosque, keeps us out of the synagogue, keeps us out of the, whatever the thing is that brings us together. Because it's not just the man and the woman pair bond. It's any partner pair bond, any friendship pair bond. You've probably felt the power of your friends. You're feeling down. Yeah. You go hang out with your friends. You might do nothing at all. You know, you were just watching Netflix by yourself, but now you're watching Netflix with your friend. You feel 10 times better somehow. That's the power of when we get together and we unite because our fields literally do unite. And they also, I do believe that things like the Olympics, things like the, the Oscars and stuff like this, part of the reason I believe that these are broadcast and Super Bowl and stuff like this, right? Everyone knows there's satanic themes in the Super Bowl halftime shows and, and the Olympic opening shows. And even the people in the Oscars themselves often admit that they're basically doing a satanic ritual. When they get a billion people to watch something at the same time, the field is strengthened for the worse for them, you know, but when we do it together, we're creating a massive, massive positive energy field. So yeah, our power is in, in togetherness. Our power is in working together and understanding each other and loving each other and helping each other and all this stuff. And all of the things that they do to keep us apart and keep us unhealthy and keep us sick is to keep us isolated. Right? Why do you think they promote these phones and social media and stuff? Because everyone's alone on the phone. Everyone's yeah. alone on the phone. You could be in a room with someone and uh, your buddy's on the phone. It's like he's not even there. Right? Yeah. So all of this stuff divides us, and this is, people have said this a million times much better than I am, but, right, uh, divided we fall, right? United we stand, divided we fall. Well, united, it's more than standing. United, we have all the power. And the problem is that our enemies, the elites, they are united. They are united under one common ideology. You might call it Freemasonry. You might call it, you know, Jesuits, whatever, whatever it is, Satanism. They are united with a common goal. They have their goals. They are united with a common language, signs and symbolisms as well. They are united in all of that, and they use that against us. The more divided we are, the less we can actually unite our power, unite our frequencies. And to your earlier question, how do we take power away from them? This is, this is where it comes from. Uniting our goals and uniting our ideas, and I do think it's actually happening. I think that's what's happening in the alternative health business. Right now, the alternative health industry is this in the world is this in is this just in america no this is just in america 32 billion dollars in 2022 now that's not uh the biggest industry in the world 32 billion dollars is pretty good it tells us that we're making progress and we're growing and i'm not talking about the supplement business i, I personally don't care if the business i represent stays around forever i think it would be amazing for the world if 
many different companies did this. And if we all understood this and implemented this to the point where we don't even need supplements as much, this would be a much better world. And we are. This, these ideas are gaining power. These ideas are very popular right now. Simple little things like home gardening, uh, things like actually uh, being in a, committed to a relationship rather than whoring around, you know, searching for a mate rather than going clubbing. These are becoming more popular because I think people realize how empty and disempowering all these modern things are and just how unfulfilling it is you know people are looking mm -hmm. for more and people are realizing the simple pleasures that are involved in growing a plant or in taking care of an animal or in or in providing for a family or in caring for a home right a lot of these ideas have been shot down in the media you don't want to be a homemaker why not it's a beautiful thing yeah you know, providing for a family it's a beautiful thing being able to, uh, you know, you said earlier, is this fulfilling? Yeah, being able to help other people is, yeah. is an incredible thing. You want to feel better? Go help somebody. Oh, yeah, man. So we all have to unite. We have a visitor. Yeah, hold on. Sherry, 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 come on. We're, we're recording. We can edit later. Okay. I'm almost done. You will edit that out. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've been locked in this uh, office working. I got you. Yeah, dang, man. 12, 13 hours. Shoot, I know she misses you, yeah. Dang, you wake up right into it, huh? You got to read first. I, I have to read first. I turn that phone on, I feel my blood pressure going up. Oh, yeah, you said you said that on um, Instagram. I was like, oh, my gosh, bro. You were going in, bro. Oh, man. I was like, dang, man. Is the, so it's a, is it a lot of stress or what? Like with the job? The answer is yes. And like I said, I, I got to be honest, I got to be honest, anyone who wants to get into this business, this is probably, well, it's one of the most important businesses that there is. I mean, firefighters are important. Farmers are important. There's a lot of important stuff out there, but man, the world is sick. There's so many people that need our help. It's incredible. Old people, young people, all races. we got people from all over the world who are coming to us. The alternative health, I don't think that $32 billion actually is even accurate, quite honestly. The... Everybody I know in this business is busy and they've been busy for the last couple of years. Not just the people in our supplement business, people, people with clinics, chiropractors are busy, herbalists are busy, acupuncturists yeah. are busy. Everyone I know in this business is busy because everybody is sick and everybody's looking for answers and they're no longer going to their doctors. They're coming to us. It used to be they'd go to their doctor first and they'd get a second opinion from us. Now they're coming to us first and they're getting a second opinion from their doctor. So the things have shifted big time. Is it stressful? Absolutely, it's stressful. It would take stress off of me if I had more people like you who were willing to learn this, which we do, which we do. We have a growing group of people who are willing to learn. How many uh, people on the team I've seen, Levi? This other, I've seen a few other people. What's his name? Haywood. Seen Haywood. Uh, LaShawn. I'm not sure if he's still active. Um, those are really the three top that I've seen. I see like little others here and there, but I, I don't remember their names though. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have, some, the thing? I have some help with my accounts, right? And they're mostly unnamed people. I, woman named Catherine and, and a woman named Jen. They're my two main helpers in the DM. 
my lovely wife, which you, you just saw her, she's also, she's secretly in the DM. A lot of times on my personal account, if it doesn't sound like me answering, it's because it's her answering. She might ask, hey, what would you say to this? Straight up, because I can't handle that many messages. So I have a team that helps with my messages. Problem is our account keeps growing. And all those names that you just mentioned, Levi, LaShawn, Haywood, Dr. Reese, who Levi's Dr. Dr. Reese. Reese now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so is LaShawn. LaShawn is the one who brought in Dr. Reese, by the way. He actually he's become inactive again. He's just moved out to uh, Connecticut to work with Dr. Reese and Levi. They've all they've all joined forces forces there. Talking about frequencies, now they're they're more powerful than ever here. They just mighty Morphin Power Rangers got together. <laughs> now now they're a super force out there in Connecticut. But the problem is, they mostly run their own accounts now. So it's not a problem for them it's not a problem for the business i still make money off that everything they do i make money off that's fantastic oh that's great but it doesn't help my dms you know yeah they're not helping my dm and that's that's totally fine they don't help they don't have to that's just the thing though when i said everyone's busy i said you know these guys they don't even have huge accounts dr reese he's doing pretty good but they don't have huge accounts in general and they're busy there's so many people they need our help and it doesn't take long to get busy it just doesn't you know you can be busy with five people two of them might have cancer who knows it might keep you busy right they, they might be bugging you for answers and they, they need to ask a lot of questions as they're getting started this will keep you busy me i'm trying to handle dozens of people a day and it's it's a lot it is too much i'm not going to do it forever but i also feel the responsibility to do it because they need help yeah. i could take weekends off Earlier this year, I, I started doing it for my own mental health. Yeah, I wasn't snapping. Yeah, you see it. I'm getting short, getting short change there online a little bit now. But I also want people to, to understand the struggle that's out there because most of my frustration is with social media itself. Yeah, YouTube, I'm done with YouTube. You know, they want to they wanna come out and say that they're actually officially banning like health information. Screw them. Right? Somebody asked me about YouTube. I'm going to take that opportunity to go off about YouTube and let people know that they shouldn't, you shouldn't give them your money. You shouldn't give them your time because they are the enemy. Yeah. Spotify took me down. I take time out of my day now to curse Spotify. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to tell you that you shouldn't pay them. They're not worth your money. They're censoring information that is crucial to you and your family and us thriving as a society. But yeah, is it stressful? Yeah, <laughs> that's stressful. But also, man. I try to make content on the side. We're here making a podcast. The reason I'm making this content is because I don't want to be on Instagram full time forever. The point of this business to me is to teach people to be healthy so that we're not needed. People think that in the longest of places, the blue zones and whatnot, that they have these shaman medicine men walking around with all the answers with a secret herb. It's just not true. What happens is they're just generally healthy all the time. And most people know all of the stuff that they need to do if they do get sick, if they do break a bone or something like that. You know, I never saw a shaman in, in the jungle in Costa Rica. Everybody just generally knows what to do. And everybody just generally eats healthy and they don't have a problem. It's, it can be that simple. It's crazy. I, we started this saying, yeah, it's crazy that we need people like me. And so what do we got to do? We got to make content to teach people otherwise. And I think this was a good session. We covered a lot of groundwork here. And I need to make a lot of this stuff so that I don't have to be on Instagram all the time for the rest of my life, right? I have a plan to walk away from it in just over five years. 
not from the business, but from Instagram, because I don't want to be on the phone for my own health, holding a yeah. microwave, holding a microwave. And it, oh, it's just annoying, man. You're answering someone, another message comes down, you accidentally click on that message. Oh my gosh, now I gotta go find the other one. Oh man, I clicked this one by accident. I can't find it again. It, it is it's know, crazy when it's busy. I know the phone gets real hot too, huh? With all those messages coming. I know it's it'd be hot. hot. Gets nuts. I, I, you know, I put my book down in the morning and jump on the phone and I literally answer messages until the phone is dead. Got to charge it again. Go back on and do the story until the phone's dead. You know, charge it again. Go back on later and do all the banking and all this. It's yes, it's it's too much. But I'm also taking on more than I need to because the content making is still in there as well. Of course, it's frustrating to be on YouTube and have your stuff demonetized and have your videos pulled down. And have it so that YouTube promotes my conspiracy videos and they get tens of thousands of views. But the important ones that I think are more important, hidden history is important, but more important is the vitamins, minerals, and health stuff. And yeah. they, they show them to no one. You know, you make a video for 200 people. Yeah, it's frustrating when you can make some junk talking about the latest Disney movie. And people Bro, are getting millions of views. You like, know? Um, like, what is, like, that's not... I, I I understand completely because, yeah, I just understand, man. I actually had um one more question uh for you, and that was uh before before we end this thing, who are our allies? Like Instagram, I mean YouTube's obviously not like an ally. So hearing you talking about YouTube the other day on the story made me think of it. It actually made me write down a question instantly, like. Who are our allies? I think uh, I had seen on your podcast once, it was like Walmart is an ally to us and stuff like that. Um, and who's our enemies? You know, what companies are our enemies? What social medias are our allies? You know, stuff like that. Well, I don't think Walmart is our ally. Let me clear that up. No, I don't think it's our ally, but I, I defended them in certain ways. And I actually just put the Walmart video back up on YouTube. It was a podcast one day. Yeah, I caught some flack for that, for that. You know, people saw the title and they freaked out and they didn't watch the video even because there was only like 400 views on it. So I caught some flack for an opinion that I don't have, but I defended them in a certain way and I'm not going to go into that. But who is our ally? The answer is us, each other. We are each other's allies and we are forming this, this impenetrable unit here. Part of the reason I haven't ditched Instagram is because the community is so strong there. I absolutely feel it. 100%. I, I know there's so many people, not only that support us, but that have fully learned this. They get it now. Like it's been a few years. We, we've been on there for more than four years, full time, almost five years. And within that time, we have an army of people who are legitimately trained. They don't know the ins and outs and all this stuff. You know, they might not know what thiamine deficiency causes off the top of their head and whatnot, but they understand the message and they understand processed foods are bad. They understand that nutrient deficiencies is not going to go away by us just eating organic food. They get it, right? And we are each other's allies. We do have, each, we do support each other and we are all we've got, right? You're, if you're looking for the answer, like a company is our ally. Well, I think of the supplement company that, you know, not just ours. There's companies that are actually in business producing stuff that's legitimately good for us. There are allies to water filters and like I said, I've got this episode coming up with this guy who helps people's homes get less radiation. These are our allies, but we, that's us. 
There is no massive corporation that's our ally. There is no social media company yeah. that's our ally. They're definitely like Rumble. People think, oh, we'll just go to Rumble. Rumble's not our ally. None of this stuff is our ally. And pro- I promise, as soon as they get b- big enough and they're, they're worth multi-billions, they'll, they'll turn against us too. Don't trust any of these social media companies. Don't need to be too negative. But, you know, I switched from Spotify because, well, they, they deleted my podcast. So I had to switch somewhere. Went to Acast. I don't trust Acast. I don't even know who they are. It's a faceless, godless corporation to me, as far as I'm concerned. And that's that's all. I'm not against the capitalism. I'm not against corporations as a whole. I work for a corporation, or at least I distribute for one. I have a business of my own, etc. But none of these big guys are our friends. There's no media company that's our friend. We are our friends. And we are the new media as well. Right? I'm not the only one who makes my living giving information. And I don't have to read ads for it. And that's fantastic. But yeah, other people, I don't need to, I don't need to beat the dead horse, but we have each other. And the only thing that this technology has done good for us is to connect us together more. I know we're kind of alone together, very famous book title there. And I recommend it, Sherry Turkle. We're kind of alone together while we're on social media, but it still is connecting us and connecting our ideas. And hopefully more and more of us can break away. More and more of us can partner up, right? I've met friends, I've met I met my wife online, you know, straight up, not on Tinder, on Instagram, on the health account, being brought together by similar ideas. That's what you and I are doing here. We met on social media. So the social media, I know it's weird. We're like, it's a deal with the devil almost. Like we have to come into the devil's playgrounds in order to get together. But this is what we have. And we are the force to be reckoned with. We're seeing this, uh, we've seen this in Paris in the last several years. You see them going nuts out there. They understand this, that they together are the allies. And there's only a, a small, a large, but, you know, proportionately small group of people who dominate the strings in this world. Many people have had enough. And we are realizing that we are, are our allies, our friends, our families, our networks. All of the power we need is here. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. I'm excited, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm excited, man. I, I see the changes. All the time I see the changes. People are really waking up, man. Like, I got homeboys that are telling me stuff. Because, you know, I don't club. I don't drink and stuff like Man, I had another, uh, dang, one more question. It was about the shrooms, man. It was like, uh, why, why shrooms, you know? We'll, we'll have to cover that on another day. Uh, all right, all right. Let me, yeah. let me add into this, man. Like, yeah, you said stress. You're like, oh, man, you're looking straight. A lot of people commented on that, too. I know. I was going off. I was going off because I'm fed up with certain things about being online. And it sucks to spend so much time online. And it sucks when I think about it. I'm like, like right what I said at the beginning. It's insane that so many people need someone like me. Because that's how much the world has failed us. You know, I got this 17-year-old distributor just started a couple months ago. And he's bringing in cases left and right. What an insane world where a 17-year-old kid has to go out there and teach full-grown adults how to be healthy because the world has failed them that miserably. It's, even in a country with free health care like Canada, the, the, the free government health care has failed them so catastrophically that a 17-year-old kid with no degree has to save their life and has to turn their health around. It's nuts. So is it stressful to be in the middle of a war zone? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is, especially when... You know, things like YouTube have actually, like, legitimately declared war against us. That's not a joke. They're, they're actually 
proud of it. Yeah, we're banning all health information. Yep. You know, so what do we do? If you if you step up in this business, if you become a knowledgeable person, if you become someone who's committed to helping other people, you become a sergeant or a captain or a general in this army. And yeah, crap rolls uphill in this business too. Is what it's a phrase in this business. Like if you're uh like that uh, 17 year old that I was talking about, or when I first started, you get the easy cases, and and that's what you deal with for the most part. As soon as someone becomes a little bit of a tough case. You pass it to the person who's more experienced than you. Crap rolls uphill, right? The hard cases go uphill. I have to call yeah. Dr. Wallach a whole bunch, you know, throughout the week. Every week I got to call him about the weirdest cases or the toughest cases. Crap rolls uphill. The more experience you get in this business, the tougher cases you get because the army out there, the soldiers, they're handling the easy people. They're helping people lose weight all over the place, night and day. They're, they're reversing type 2 diabetes night and day plantar fasciitis you know all this simple stuff that no problem but yeah again the tough cases they go to the more experienced people and now i am one of those more experienced people so i'm inundated with with difficult cases or complicated cases or complicated people should i say right some people are easier to deal with than others so yeah it can be stressful but it's necessary the war has to be fought or we're gonna lose if we don't reverse this, they're going to keep making more and more radiation, more and more junk food, more and more laws, more and more taxes. It's going to be more and more expensive. And I lived in pain, so I get it, right? We didn't go into my story, but I was born in pain. I, I did not have a childhood, basically, because I couldn't do anything oh, yeah. physical with my friends and all this stuff. And then I was, I was half crippled. And I feel for these people. I get it. I understand what it's like to be in pain. So I signed up to help people get out of pain. And I just didn't anticipate how massive of a problem we have and i also didn't anticipate this this tidal wave of people who are coming into into this health world now it used to be real hard to shake people up and get them to see this stuff and now they're coming to us in droves literally they're coming to us in droves it is stressful it is stressful but it's good stress it's important stress and when the war is over we can kick our feet up and when we train more captains and train more sergeants and generals, then it will take weight off of my shoulder. And yeah, hopefully they're not all going the Levi and Dr. Reese route where they got their own thing and they got their own legions of people who are coming to them and they're busy with that. You know, hopefully the weight gets spread, spread out just a little bit more evenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, bro. Yeah, man. So it can be overwhelming. I know. I know. I don't mean to scare anyone away from this, but I also... Like looking at someone like you, what else are you gonna do with your life? What else? Are you exactly. Do? You wait. You are actually asking me? Yeah. Well, yeah, kind kind of hypothetically here, but yeah. What what are you gonna do that could be as important as fulfilling, even nothing, as lucrative bro. as this, right? No, nothing, nothing, bro. Because um, man, I've tried all type of things, man. Like right out of high school, I went to trade school. I became universally certified in HVAC, also in painting didn't follow up on either one of those career paths like didn't like after i got my certification i literally started working at factories and stuff i didn't even get jobs at those career paths and then i had went um to get uh certified and um i got my license to sell life and health insurance i got that two years ago never got hired at a health and life insurance agency actually actually i went through three different agencies quit first day all three of them because i'm just like 
in the back of my mind, I'm like, I can't do this. This is a scam. Like, this is, I'm feeding the system. So it's either I can go against the system or I got to be a part of it. And I choose going against it, to be honest. You know, I don't care about the hardships because I feel like it's worth it. This is the resistance. It is. Dr. Wallach put it in these terms. He said he wanted to create an army of the informed. I signed up in military terms. I said, okay, let's do this. I just didn't know how how crazy it would get. No one anticipated the, the pandemic. Things got cranked up to 11. And we're still there. We're still in the heat of battle right now. It is what it is. I don't think it's going to be this way forever because we are. We're educating massive amounts of people now. And the network effect is real. You asked who our allies. You know, they, they got this six degrees of separation concept, right? That everyone's connected through six different people. You know, one person knows another person knows another person knows another person. It, it spreads out like a spider web and it is working. The masses are waking up to this. It's happening right now. It's been happening and it can't go on like this forever. The balance is tilting and it's tilting in our favor. And when I say our, I don't mean us in this business. I mean, at us as people, it's yeah. tilting in our favor because we're learning that the system is BS. We're learning all kinds of different ways to get away from the system, both with our money, with our time, with our energy, with our attention and with our health. Heck yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm excited, man. Yeah, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. Hearing you talk, bro, be inspiring me. You've, but you've always done that, though. I've, I don't even know the first time I seen your video, but I know it was some years ago on Instagram. I was like, just hearing you speak, I was like, yeah, this dude's on fire. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, it's it just, it just good to see that, bro, to be honest. And I'm with you, man. Oh, yeah, I'll save all my other questions for the other podcasts and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, bro, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, let's do another one. Let's do another one next time. I think this was a good one. And I I think this is a good, a good place to leave it, quite honestly. And I definitely would like to eat dinner and get some water, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, then 12 hours, 13 hours is crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, the day's not over yet. Let me tell you. Dang, for real? gonna be some stuff there's a couple of cases that are like not, not everyone's a crazy case but yeah right now there's a handful of crazy cases you know that are in extremely bad condition and there's at least a couple of emails and stuff that i gotta answer i gotta gotta respond to them but, i know your wife is upset yeah she's upset but don't put she you in it she understands yeah i don't have a i don't have a girlfriend or anything so I don't have nothing really to worry about. <laughs> well, when you get one, they'll they'll have to understand, but they'll also be proud of it as well. She wouldn't she wouldn't be with me if I wasn't yeah. in this business. She was attracted to this in the first place, really. Yeah, yeah, bro. The so shoot, Fred, sir, boss. <laughs> we will we will catch up next time. I really appreciate you being here with me. For this, sure. is, this is an episode I like. I used to do a lot of ones that, that are like this. They're kind of sort of scattered topic, but that are with people who are interested in being in this business, whether they are or not, a lot of people need to hear this type of stuff. You know, this is, this is, this could have been a private conversation just between you and I, but I'm glad that a lot of other people were able to listen in on it because yeah, people need to realize this is, it's not a game. (laughs) This health business is not just vitamins and minerals. It's not a game. And this is everything. Take control of our health, take control of our world. Big facts, bro. 
Facts. Yeah, it was it was good talking to you too, bro. This is actually my first podcast ever. Like I've never been on one, so I was a little um, I was a little uh, nervous. I ain't know. Shoot, I still don't know how to jump from topic to topic because I feel like so much pressure almost. Like, but dang, do I say the right thing? Because this is all being recorded, so I'm like, I can't just go back on what I just said. You know, I kind it's like a um. It's like a pressure to try to be perfect, almost, and stuff like that. So you get used to it, and yeah. perfection's a bit of a curse. Don't worry about perfection. People feel your intentions. People remember how you made them feel. They don't even remember what you said usually. Oh, yeah, facts. Yeah, that's facts. They can feel your vibes, and I appreciate you and your vibes, Fred. I appreciate everyone else for being here. We'll see everybody next time. Uh, my man. All right, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. I know the audio wasn't that good on this episode. I was kicking myself. The microphone was a little bit too far away from me, and I didn't realize. Had to filter it on some software to get rid of the echo. But I've got some sound foam in this little office of mine now, and I'm going to upgrade the microphone real soon. Should not have this problem again. Appreciate you sticking all the way through it. And before I go here, just want to remind you that you can find everything that I do on my website, notusbooks.org, including all the books that I've written and the free audiobook versions of those books as well, and actually an archive of these podcasts. And I'm slowly adding stuff to the archives, videos as well. Don't have very much spare time, but I'm building it. And on the archived version of this podcast, of every episode, there's a special treat at the end. So those of you who are listening on the archive right now, stick around after I sign out. And for everyone else, I appreciate you so much. Until next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.